Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 271. I'm Dave. I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you going? Oh, not too bad, buddy. Not too bad, buddy. Uh, happy birthday for tomorrow that I'll say on the show. So Thanks, man. Thanks. It's, I'm, uh, it's on record. Yeah, turning 42. Um, yeah, <laughs> 42 has rolled around again. Uh, I can say I've been stuck there for a while. Oh, don't don't you hate it how 42 keeps coming around? It's yeah. just so annoying. It is the meaning of life after all. Um, yeah, but uh, no, we're going to have a good day. I actually had a leave day today. It was a Friday and it was nice just to have a day off. Um, I'm halfway through Red, Red River, which is my goal to watch Red River. And I also have Rambo Part 2, you know, First Blood Part 2 queued up because I watched First Blood Part 1 just recently. Um, mm-hmm. So they're my sort of two treat movies to myself. But tomorrow night we're going to Michelle's mum's. I have movie choices and I'm picking Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness because um, Marie hasn't seen it and neither has uh, Michelle. And then oh, that's I'm, on streaming now. I, I know it is on Disney, yeah. And then I'm um, watching um I, I said the original Highlander. Um we're gonna that's my oh, yeah, I just watched it yeah I just watched it the other day. Yeah the other week though. Enjoyable still? Yeah of course. Yeah I'm looking for I haven't seen it in ages. I haven't seen it probably in fifteen years. I've I've seen it many times but not recently. So yeah we're gonna treat myself to those two and um yeah have a relaxing weekend snitzel with my parents on the Sunday, and uh, yeah, Davey's going to be well fed. Um, how has your week been, Rich? What's been going on in the in the lifestyle of the rich and famous rich? Not much, you know, just, you mm-hmm. know, working, doing shit. Uh... You gave, you, you shouted me a nice lunch. That was nice. Thank you for that, Rich. Birthday lunch, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then I watched uh, Maverick. Uh, yes, and we've got, a, we've got a full review of that coming up, and but you did enjoy it, yeah? I'm- Oh yeah, 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 and tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch the Elvis movie. Oh yeah, the Baz Luhrmann thing. Um, Tell me what that's like. Yeah. Do do a full review of that next week, Rich, because I won't get a chance to see it uh, by next week. But I am interested, and I saw a picture of the guy uh, basically playing Elvis in the comeback special, the '68 comeback special, in the black leather. And I've got to say, he looked pretty good. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I wasn't interested in the movie until, uh, oddly enough, I saw a trailer for it uh, just before Maverick. Right. And uh, I, I watched the trailer and I, I kind of went, it doesn't actually look too bad. So, mm. yeah. Well, a fascinating topic. I mean, Elvis, one of the greatest performers of all time, if not the greatest. And, um, I mean, it's obviously a musical um, and they're just doing all Elvis tracks and stuff. Like, is that the storyline? Like, it's, is it like a musical but... I- you know, honestly, from my my, my interpretation of the trailer mm. is it's not really so much like it's an Elvis movie. I mean, which it is, but it's also um, it's about his relationship with um, uh, Colonel um, Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah, it, it seems to be like their antagonistic sort of you know uh, relationship in that like he viewed himself as the creator of Elvis. You right. Know? Yeah. And and you like so that, that's my my interpretation. Obviously, it's about Elvis and him thrusting. And Tom his Hanks and, plays him, doesn't he? Tom Hanks plays him. I yeah, think. yeah, almost unrecognizable uh, mm. with the the, the, the special the makeup and the nose and uh, Tom Hanks actually put in on an accent. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, interested. To see. But yeah, yeah. It, it looks like that is a part of the movie. Is their their relationship 
um, they I probably looks like a bit of an antagonistic, like right. It, 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 well, it looks like he is responsible, and obviously it's about him making himself rich, but it's also mm. about him feeling like he has control. He definitely had a lot of control over Elvis. The he definitely of Elvis. Yeah. So well, I'm, he, I'm interested to see what they, he was they, in on. real life. I mean, I don't know about the the movie, but in real life, he was basically a carnival huckster before he stumbled upon Elvis. You know. Well, he's kind of almost still kind of that uh, from yeah. what I see in the trailer. It's yeah. Very like um, you mean you know yeah. that sort of stuff. So. I mean. Yes, he definitely was that, and I'm sure he profited very heavily off Elvis. Um, but, I mean, he also can't deny that uh, he managed to get Elvis in front of the right people and, you know. No, no, so what talent. I'm saying is that they're not painting him as a villain from mm. the trailer. It just looks like it's one of those love-hate yeah, yeah, yeah. where he was yeah. good for Elvis but probably also bad, you know what I mean? But in Oh, other yeah. Was oh, he was a leech. He was definitely a leech. Yeah. There's no doubt uh, of that. Um I'd like to know more about that relationship, actually, because it's not actually, other than the cliche interpretation of he was a carnival huckster who stumbled on a gold mine, uh, there's not a ton of data out there about it, like, if you know what I mean. Like, he kind of seemed to operate almost in the shadows. Um, mm. Interesting, interesting. I guess with Elvis, too, like, the whole key was keep the focus on Elvis, like, he's the moneymaker. Um. Yeah. yeah. No. It's interesting. No. I. I, I love Elvis. So I, I am interested in watching the movie. I definitely will give it a look. And I, and in general, I do enjoy the majority of the Baz Luhrmann movies I've seen. You know what I mean? Like I. I, I like his wacky take on things. And I'm imagining. Oh, someone said it's um sort of in the vein of Romeo and Juliet. Is what I heard. Which well, I think is a great movie. Um. I didn't get that vibe because I have seen that movie. But I mean, I can't see how maybe someone might think it's. I love that movie. Like that. That's probably one of my favourites of his of his films. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Um, yeah, so, yeah, well, give us a full review of that next week, Rich, um, of the Elvis thing. And I especially want to hear uh, what's the stuff like. Does it cover from the sun days? Obviously, it has the comeback special because that was the um, period I saw. And then does it have Elvis in Vegas? It must, surely, you know, or is it mainly yeah, it looks for- like it- it looks like it covers his inception to his um, his uh, jumpsuit days. Wow. That's a huge area of time. And, like, Elvis in 20 years covered so much territory. You know what I mean? Like, he was he was old and burnt out by 77, but he, he went up like a rocket ship. You know what I mean? Mm. And the amount of stuff he did in that time period, you can see why he was burnt out because he was kind of like the prototype. Um. Yeah, it's amazing. I I love Elvis, and I just I mean I hope it's a good movie. I I, I hope they don't ruin the songs. I'm sure they'll do the um, you know, modern version of the songs. And I'm just like, you can't beat Elvis, you know. So, what was the music like? Did you hear much of the music? Not too much, but it did seem alright. Okay, little less conversation. You know that song? I love that one. Little less conversation. A little more action guaranteed. Um, now I have some news, some incredible Hulk omnibus news. Uh, I, I spent today, Rich, getting deep into my Peter David omnibus uh, one. I've almost finished omnibus one. Um, omnibus Peter Hulk David omnibus four is winging its way towards me right now. I should have it hopefully by next week. Um, so there'll be four of his omnis and that was going to cover his full run, but they're actually putting a fifth one out which covers like a lot of mini series that he did 
post his main run, and it will also include the new Fantastic Four storyline, which we did the first issue this week. So that's kind of like the fifth omnibus has just been announced, and that's kind of capturing all the miniseries and stuff he did after he left the title around 2003-04, you know, the main title. So he he did enough stuff to fill up another omnibus after that, like he did Maestro miniseries, et cetera. So... Um, I've got to say, this omnibus one towards you know it's really starting to kick into gear. Probably two thirds the way through the omnibus, you really notice it really starts to really get going, and it's it's just fascinating. I think he, I think it's like I honestly think it's the best Hulk I've ever read. Frankly, you know. Um, and there's one issue, Rich, which was you know you sometimes have such a nostalgic moment that it's even. It sort of elevates the material. So it's this one with this group called Warzone who come to Vegas where Joe Fixit is and Spider-Man's there too. And um, they're sort of playing war games against each other and um, and Hulk gets caught up in it. And I remember being at the shop on the stand and unfortunately my budget didn't quite cover all the books I wanted. So I read Hulk on the stand and I remember reading that on the stand and then the next issue was also there, which is a fight against Thing. And I remember vividly reading those and, like, loving them. And it was so funny to reach them in the omnibus. And you just had that very nostalgic moment where the material is good, but you're elevating in your mind because it's reconnecting with, you know, a period of time that you recall. Like, I remember being, like, that age where I was just, like, I was buying, I told Ray, Punisher, Wolverine, Iron Man, which is my first comic, and obviously 2000 AD, that was pretty much what my allowance was covering. And then Hulk, Hulk, which I wanted to buy, was um, was one I was reading on the stand for quite some time, you know. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing with nostalgia is you're not actually remembering the thing, you're remembering mm. the feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember being well, there. I remember being whatever age I was, 13 or something. And, um, and yeah, it brings back that memory very vividly of that time period. But, but regardless, I mean, the, the, the Vegas Hulk stuff is great. And um, would you think he's considered the landmark? I mean, uh, who, who else would be considered the landmark on Hulk? I guess Stan Lee. Oh, I, that, I can't answer that because, again, I've never been a big Hulk. Really? Um, guy. Really, um, Richard. I, I mean, actually read on. that much Hulk. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you should apologise. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what? So you well, are it's watching... more like sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I know. I, I, I picked that up and I don't like it. Um, what, like, Lou Feringi, Hulk? That's where I got into it, man, like, back in the oh, day. I watched, I, I watched that uh, when it was on TV, yeah. like, you know, um, back in the day. But yeah. um, Okay, good. Uh, I, never just, I just never got into the, the whole comic. Just... Okay. Um, Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I look, I mean, I, I can't say I've read billions of it, but I um I mean, I think he's an interesting character, a very challenging character to write, I think personally. Um and I've well, always, it is challenging know. because I mean, what what makes, you know, like like the Hulk is basically Jekyll and Hyde, right? Mm. I mean, that's that's pretty much where it's taken from, but the the problem is is that they're both supposed to be kind of good guys, you yes. know what I mean? Like yeah. You know, at least with Jekyll and Hyde, one is, you know, quite a Mr. Hyde was like fully just crazy, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, so, um, so it's very hard when you kind of need both uh, things to be sympathetic. So it does kind of make it a bit like, um, challenging. It's, It's not impossible, but it does make it challenging to write interesting 
uh, Hulk stories, which is why I do think the character has had its ups and downs, sure. you know, which yeah. a lot of characters uh, do, um, especially if you're trying to make them go on for like 80 years and mm. all that sort of stuff. Like, it is going to be very hard to just um, keep churning it, which is why they it's why they're like pushing it so much further now in terms of like they've for the last few years they've almost made Bruce Banner a villain. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh to to, to just give it that kind of juxtaposition. Like mm. you know, because I mean the, the Hulk was almost like a child, an angry child. Yeah, yeah. You know, just wanted to be left alone, you know, you know, humans always hurt Hulk, all that sort of stuff. And mm. I'd probably say the last ten years Fifteen, they've kind of started leaning towards making kind of Banner a little bit more devious. Um, yeah, yeah, like um, sneaky. Yeah, uh, untrusting, <laughs> uh, narcissistic in a sense. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he slaps Betty around and stuff, that kind of stuff. You're talking about, yeah. Like, so you know, and and again, I, I they feel like they have to because again, it's you got to try and keep the slap her on the ass. That's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, well, you're going to be careful. She might- she might turn into that red. The red. Oh yeah, she she hulks out on me, and then Bruce suddenly gets a taste of his own medicine. Yeah, that could that could be unfortunate. Um, yeah, 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 I know they do all that crazy shit where where like fucking suddenly Betty's like a red Hulk and all this other stuff's going on. Like it's like what the fuck. Um, but I was also watching it. I, I just get in the mood of liking. I I just like Hulk. He just the you know the actual um, design. Like the, the I like the look of the character. And I, I must admit, I haven't read tons of Hulk, but I did like when Stu was on the show. We did World War Hulk and Planet Hulk, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that was a lot of fun to read. Uh, but Peter David's is good. I mean, I'm like almost finished the first Omnibus, um, and I read a big chunk of it today. And I mean, I was really, you know, I was enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, look, it's it's popcorn reading, but I think a lot of the best comics. Marvel comics are kind of like oh, I can think of a lot of Spider-Man, which I'm really enjoying, but I'm not thinking, oh man, like this is this belongs on the national reading list, you know, as great literature. Um, you know, it's you know, you know what I mean, Rich. Like a lot of good Spider-Man, it's just fun to read, you know, and that's how this feels. It feels very in that in that Marvel sweet spot that I enjoy. So. I, I am looking forward to. I will definitely get. I said to Ray, uh, Peter Davis has got me right where he wants me um, with this fucking last volume, which you feel is the one they've cranked out after all the good stuff. You know that final, the final album kind of thing. You know, it's like yeah. After yeah, the, I mean, I gone. I like Hulk as a character. I just have found it hard to get into his ongoing sure stuff. That's all. But I do actually like the Hulk as a character. Like I've yeah. again, he's got a great look. Yeah, well, you know, and there's been some great artists that have worked on him and stuff and all that. So I do like him as a character. I could see you hulking out when you get really grumpy sometimes about Star Wars. I could see you hulking out at like a Star Wars convention if Kathleen Kennedy was annoying you up on stage or something, you know. Suddenly, no, Rich's no, eyes. When I, that, 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 no, I wouldn't hulk out, but that's when I would sort of dust off the old sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Rich just goes, goes straight into I'm out, I'm out. I'm out of retirement for one <laughs> one final one hit. Last. One final hit. <laughs> I love it. No, not that bad. I try, you know, I try not to get too too angry. Oh come on, Rich! Don't try to walk it back now. We've just heard. We've just heard. I, I wonder what it would take to get the old soldier out of retirement. We found out Kathleen Kennedy at a, at a Star Wars convention appearance. Uh, I wonder if she's got spotters in the crowd trying to look for rifles. Not rifles. Oh, well, that's the thing. Stuff. Right today, right now, I wouldn't even go to a convention, so I wouldn't be in that situation in the first place. Why? Because you're so out of it. 
Yeah, I haven't been to one in years and there's, mm. there's nothing really, I don't know. I would have gone, if it wasn't for Michelle having this, um, uh, what do you call it, like, um, you know, paranoia about COVID, I would have gone to the latest Supernova because a lot of the Smallville crowd are going. Uh, Tom Welling's going, uh, Michael Rosenbaum's going, obviously Alison Mack's not going, yeah, currently in jail. Um, and someone else is going on. She could, she could via, she, no, she could come via like satellite. Yeah, she could zoom in. She could zoom in. She could, she could teams into the meeting yeah, from her prison cell. Um, she's only doing two to three years. Like, uh, come on, Alison, you can do that time. I mean, you were you were you were branding girls and using them as sex slaves. I think you got off quite light, lightly with two to three years. In fairness. Um, so yeah, you know, imagine if we were tramp stamping girls with like a fucking poker. And use them as sex slave, Rich. I don't think we'd be getting two to three years. We'd be looking more like twenty to thirty. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think that's tramp stamping. I think that's branding. Branding, whatever <laughs> you call it. Like, yeah, <laughs> whatever you call it, it doesn't look good to a judge. You know. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it doesn't look good to anyone. No, no. But the judge is the one who's sentencing you, Rich, and uh, and that's where <laughs> I think she got it very lightly. Maybe the judge was a Smallville fan and felt a bit sorry for her. Um. Yeah. Or maybe, or, or maybe some judges' names are on a list somewhere. Yeah, I like a bit of conspiracy theory going on, Rich. Yeah, I guess they had to be having sex with someone. That's a good point, Rich. So if they were betrayed, traded out like farm animals, you know, uh, who knows? <laughs> really, we should we should get the judge on it's the. A, it's, um, a, it's a weird. It's a weird career path to fall into after acting. Well, the guy from my studies of it, the guy targeted it as a self help group. And I think she had confidence issues, as did the chick who played um, uh, Lana, Kristen Crook. Yeah, but I mean, good God. I mean, okay, fine. I can understand you getting taken in at the start, but I mean, at some point you've got to be able to say, hmm, I don't uh, don't think this is good. Yeah, when it's like, okay, so you're going to have to have like massive amounts of group sex with me. And we're going to have to brand you. And I'd be like, whoa, okay, slow down. And I'm going to need you to bring more girls so we can keep doing it. Well, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, exactly. yeah, you're going to have to keep so. building the pyramid and you're also going to have to give me 50% of your earnings, you know, obviously. And <laughs> and I'll be like, is this really self-help now? <laughs> this, this seems uh, a little odd. But anyway, so moving on from that, I, but I would have gone to that. Now, Richard, I, as you know, quite like the band Pink Floyd and every now and then we'll go back into their, um, you know, archives, especially listen to Dark Side of the Moon, Wish Were You Were Here and The Wall album, which I really enjoyed. Now, get this. I never knew this. I knew The Wall was the story, like having listened to the album like a lot of times. I, I vaguely know it's a story of some, like, rich guy who's got, like, you know, mummy issues, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, the, I, I kind of got that. He's playing a rock star, kind of, that's the story. But anyway, get this. I, I happen to read on Apple Music, you, you know how they list on, on an album, if it's a really big album, they'll sort of give it, like, a bit of a history lesson on the album. Get this. This is the making, this is about the Wall album. Um, which is the album Rich, like, you know, Another Brick in the Wall, you know, that song, Comfortably Numb and all that stuff, yeah. So, anyway, you could say The Wall started taking shape the night Roger Waters, who's the lead singer of Pink Floyd, leaned over the edge of the stage and spit in a fan's face. I was like, Jesus. This was July 1977. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The band was finishing out their lengthy in the flesh tour to stadium-sized crowds. 
working at scales unfamiliar and uncomfortable to everyone involved. Risky investments had put them under major financial pressure. Audiences seemed more interested in the party than the show. Band rapport had gotten so strange, strained that Waters started referring to the rest of the Pink Floyd members as the Muffins. Uh, and so alone in a crowd of about 80,000 people standing under the 40-foot long inflatable pig that had become a central prop of the band's set, Walters spit. Later that night, he told the producer Bob Ezrin and a psychiatrist friend of Ezrin's that he sometimes fantasised about building a wall between himself and the audience, an embodiment of how isolated he already felt and a device by which he could protect what little of himself he thought he had left. And it then goes into a whole lot more boring detail. And he did build an actual wall in the, in the concerts. It was like singing behind it. I mean, honestly, like, what the fuck? Like, the, the, you know, I did not know this. Like, I thought it was just like an idea that he had. But this guy, would you say, Rich, from that description, like mental issues? It seems like to me. Probably. I mean, wow, I was like, Jesus, like, I, I never realised that it was quite so sort of, like, literal. Like, he was like, I want to build a wall. I thought he meant, like, an emotional wall, but he actually built a wall and sung behind it. Um, during the first half of the show, roadies constructed a wall, brick by cardboard brick, approximately 40 feet in the middle and 130 feet across the top. Um, blah blah blah, and so yeah, but um, yeah, he spit it. In a, he spat at a fan. I was like, wow, this guy's off the fucking reservation. Um, great album though. Um, great album. I've got to say, the wall. I love it. You know, do you know the album well, Rich? I I know it. I've listened to the songs. I don't, I wouldn't say that I have it on repeat or. I do. I like it. Ha- have to listen to it, but if it's on, if it pops on, I'll listen. I mean, I've thought of building a wall between myself and the world. I have thought of it, but this guy went and did it. <laughs> he built an actual wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather just move into the middle of nowhere because at least then I know there's no one. The Fuck them, I'd still build a wall. Know. I want to build no, a wall. No, but the problem is you build a wall, you know there's someone on the other side, so they're still too close. Yeah, 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 but if I was living in the middle of nowhere, I'd still build a wall, like a fort. I've always liked the idea of a fort, you know? Remember that time I said it could I install machine guns at the front when I thought that um, there was going to be riots? Uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't build a fort, but I'd like to put some traps around. I like it, Rich. See, you're, I like it. You're kind of more sneaky. You're kind of like a bit more devious with it all. He's like, let's build a wall. Rich is like, let's put some traps. Let's lure these Well, the problem when you in. build a wall is someone's going to look at it and go, what's on the other side? Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like you're enticing people to. And what's on the other side is, the a, from the sounds of it, a very rich, disaffected rock star. You know, um, wow! Oh, but, the poor baby, the poor baby. Oh yeah, there was a little bit of that too. It's like, do you want a hanky, pal? Like you're a multi-million dollar rock star singing your songs. Like, yeah, they're good songs, but oh no, living the life of your dream, being famous, yeah. traveling the world. Oh, you poor thing. You, you poor oh, thing. God, how do you handle it? Yeah. How do you how do you handle all the stress by building a wall? It seems. Um, now uh, the the basically the the. Gold that keeps on giving here is Ezra Miller. Uh, more Ezra Miller news has come to hand this week, Rich. Um, now accused, Ezra Miller now accused of housing three kids on a farm filled with guns and weed. 
Accusations from the children's father against Miller and their mother are just the latest PR catastrophe for the Flash star. I, I researched it. Now, the father does have some previous form. Um, they, the equivalent of like an AVO or something against him at some point. Um, but Rolling Stone did go to the property and it did seem like they claimed that one of the children had like a bullet in his teeth and stuff was rolling around in his mouth. Um and there was lots of weed everywhere and, um, you know, kids, weed and guns don't really, you know, mix well together. This guy's a real nut, real nutbag. He is. But how is he not getting arrested with all these all these allegations now? Like how much is it going to take for the cops to come and arrest this guy? You know? Well, I mean, that's always been the problem with uh, celebrities, rich people. Yeah. You're thinking there's a bit of preferential treatment going on here? Well, I mean, put it, I mean, name me, the, like, you could probably name in your hand mm. the amount of, like, um, celebrity people who actually face real. Um, Mike Tyson? Like, jail time. Mike no, Tyson? That's what I said. You can name, yeah. but I'm saying, you're trying to tell me that's the only people that have gone into trouble? No, yeah. bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Like, Wesley did, like, about five years, didn't he, or four or five years in jail, I think, for his tax crimes. Mike Tyson was done on rape and did, a, did I'm not sure how long, I think about three to four four years. Um, yeah, they've been yeah, – but you are right. Like, uh, you know, Chris Brown somehow is walking around free. And we know, yeah. he, you know, we – well, I mean, Will Smith just recently assaulted another guy. On TV, and <laughs> didn't even, there, there was no charges pressed. Mind you, though, Richard, that wasn't jail time. A little slap. no, no. But my point is that, but that's not. He didn't even get charged with assault. Is my point? Well, thing I didn't press charges. They did actually ask. You don't know. Nope. You you do, you do not have to press charges. The police do not need you to press charges if they have evidence. Okay. Well, I don't know what to say, Rich. I mean, is it really assault though? Like really? But you walked up to a guy on stage and he fucking, he reeled back. It wasn't just a walk up and, you know, tap him. The arm came back and went right through. Like, I'm sorry. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And then there's the ones with all the college stuff and all that. I don't think those people, you know, the uh, tuition, what was it? There's people that they, were like, oh, yes, like Laurie Lachlan and the uh, chick from, um, I don't even know what her name, Felicity Huffman. yeah, yeah, you know, and then there's also the... They um, serve, like, one day in jail or something. You know, and, and I mean, even if you don't think it's that, you know, the Epstein stuff and all that, not a single name has come out of his client list. Well, they've got the scapegoat, haven't they? They've got they've got Max. Yeah, but that's my point. But, yeah, they've got the ringleaders, but um, mm. you had clients. Where's the list? Where's the people being charged that were on the list? Sure. Well, yeah. So I'm just saying, when, 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 you, when you're rich and famous and oh, yeah. not even, like, you no, know, like, it doesn't have to be super high. Mm. Like you know, just even a little bit uh, of name name recognition, I think you get away with a fair bit. Yeah, well, I guess they they're smart enough to lawyer up. They get a lawyer, and it's like you know, come get. Plus, me. I mean, look, okay, they did get him on like the, the Hawaii stuff and all that, but there's other stuff. Unfortunately, they're going to need evidence for. Like it's it just but they could like, they could storm the compound. It, it, no, no, I'm, yeah, but but I'm just, I don't know, but I guess you got to do an investigation first or something. I don't know. You can't just go storm in a compound. Mm. It will be interesting to see. I think it's. I think there's going to be more to the story. I can't see it ending. But I mean, well. seriously, this guy, this guy needs to just sort of come out and say, "I need help. Please get me into a program." Fuck him. I need to speak to a psychologist. I want to see him in shackles. I want to see him in leg irons. I don't fuck a program. 
put put him in jail, give him twenty in twenty in in prison. You know, give give him a stretch. He's well, broken he the law. Something. He's broken the law, man. That's it. He's gone around flinging stuff at people, punching people at karaoke. Now he's got allegedly. We use the word allegedly. Kids yeah, surrounded by, by the Will Smith. That's that's not jail time. As far as I'm concerned, it is. I, 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 well, you, can't I your, you can't change your tune. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, this guy's got multiple no, things. No, no, no. I'm worried no, about no, the drug the charges. Char- yeah, but the stuff he's been charged on is the assault and all that. So, sure. as you pointed out, that's not jail worthy. I don't even. I don't, yeah, like punching someone at karaoke. This, you know, if it's your first but this, offense. But this child grooming stuff and and, and yeah. stuff really needs to be looked into. That's what's worrying like, me, Rich. That's what's this worrying needs me. to be like priority one. It does. They need to storm the compound tonight. Drag this fucker down the street, shove him in a in a police car, and he doesn't see the light of day for twenty years. That's what I want. That's the kind of justice I want to see. Maybe I'm going to put it out there now, and it's all alleged. So don't go out doing this. Bit of street justice. You know what I'm saying, Rich? I've said it before. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean, Frank Castle style. What, what do you think about that? Is there a potential of street justice here? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to. I'm cut. not going to cut out that rabbit hole. <laughs> I, like, I kind of. I'm, I, it's a bit dangerous because I kind of feel like you're going to start wanting uh, Punisher justice for like jaywalkers and and litterers and stuff and all that. Litterers, yeah, for sure. I'd like to see legs broken on litterers. I've always, I've been saying that for 20 years. If you deliberately litter, I'd like to see kind of like someone break a leg. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like in, um, I don't know if it's true, but in Middle Eastern countries and stuff, they chop off a finger for stealing. Um, I'd like to see, um, I'm going to put this out there right now while we're on the topic. I was thinking this the other day. Sheriffs from the, from the citizenry, so, like, you know, if you don't have the time and inclination to a full-time career in law enforcement, you become like a sheriff for the suburb you're in and you can clock in and maybe do five hours on a Saturday and you're equipped with basics, a knife, a baseball bat and a gun. And that's it. And you can dispatch justice on, like, litterers, uh, uh, jaywalkers, Crimes in general, um, you know, but it's got to be within the bounds of like a code that's agreed upon. Do you like my idea, Rich? Agreed <laughs> upon by who? <laughs> but, the, but no, by the cops and the cops get, grant you the license, but there are conditions to the license. Like you can't go up and do standard executions and stuff, you know, but. Sounds dangerous to me. Yeah, but maybe that's what this world needs. So I'm. It's kind of like I'm. I'm starting to put. You, you're basically in, instead of like um, investigating. These are your rapid response guys. So if they see a fight, yeah, they go in look, with the batons. Your your intentions are good, but that I that's going to lead to so much. Uh, <laughs> that's going to lead to so much problems. <laughs> well, let it play out. I say. <laughs> Look, there'll be some teething problems, and some guys will go a bit too hard at the ball, sure, but I think we could reduce crime. I think we could take the wind out of crime. Maybe this is something that needs to happen. So, like, say in Hornsby, around the station... You will never, you will never ever take the wind out of crime, man. I think you will definitely... I think you will... 
you you will drop it. If, if you can get these guys, so they're prowling around the station looking looking for issues. So if they see some guys cutting some deals and stuff, they can go in with the bats first. You know what I mean? Like a bats first approach. The knife and the gun are only for extreme cases. In generally, is they've got a baseball bat and they're allowed to use it. Basically, that's no, what I'm it comes. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm not going down this. I'm not going down this pathway. <laughs> and I'm in charge of it, Rich. I'm running the program. <laughs> I'm definitely not signing up for that. Then. Well, I mean, listeners, if you're out there, um, tell me what you think of Dave's uh, idea of law enforcement. Um, I think it's got potential, and it could that's, free the cops that's, up. That's thug enforcement, man. That's not law enforcement. <laughs> I'm getting some ideas. Remember the fake city of Chaz, and you made the comment like they didn't have cops, but they had guys walking around with guns. You know? Yeah, and that was not a good thing. <laughs> no, but this is in a more civilized society. So the cops are above my guys. My guys are the street level guys there to sort of um, dispatch street justice kind of thing, you know, as they see fit. But they've got limits, okay? But. Right. Above them is the is the official police, and and they've obviously got more weaponry and and more you know all that kind of stuff. So, just an idea, man. I just thought to give that lower layer of stuff, and it, it could be people who are just motivated to serve but don't have the time, or they've got another career, they don't have the time to go and you know, or they're of an age where they you know, there's no way they could be a police officer. But if you could, if they could do a few hours on the weekend, you know, and they'd be paid, you'd be paid. You know, as well. Just an idea. I think in some countries they probably do this already. I don't think. I don't think this uh, so, is. So, so all the criminals yeah. will just do their uh, activities Monday to Friday. Then, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, if the if it's only weekends <laughs> where the guys run with a bat, then just don't do. They just wait Monday to Friday to do your crime. Where there's no, uh, I'm only using the that as an example. Like I'm using it as an example. Like, but like people could do it like I, I'm I, the more I'm thinking about it, the better idea it sounds like unemployed people <laughs> unemployed people could be forced to do it as well like you know people who refuse to get a job for this reason or that reason well okay you've got the option that you can be a sheriff it comes with consequences not just a free-for-all pass where they can just go out and start shooting people like as I said the gun and the knife they might not even get a gun they might just get a bat and a knife and good luck you know, and because knives, knives and bats don't kill people, hey. Well, you know, I just think that that like they, you'd have to do time after you've done like let's say five years on the streets, you could graduate to getting a gun. But uh, the way I see it, it might be something that someone might only do for a few years, and and you know, you could, uh, it would be paid. So as well, people who wanted now, extra money. It's a bad idea all all the way around. I love it. I, I we are. Uh, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one, because the more I'm thinking about it, the better it's starting to sound, and I'm starting to think like, man, what started out as a joke is now turning into could be an election platform for Dave. Like, vote for Dave. He wants to make this happen. And um, and it's completely open to all colours and creeds, all genders, everything. There's no restrictions. All you need to have is a desire to serve, Richard. Do you like it? Nope. You don't like it, man. Come on. What if... Not at all. What if you, what if for a few hours of the weekend, another thousand bucks in your bank account, you could get it, you could get a grand, tax free. No thank, no, thank you. Wow. Well, carriage. Okay, not not interested in my idea. Um, 
Moving away from my idea. Um, Richard, you saw Top Gun Maverick. Give us the full review of this because everyone I know who's seen it, and it has been a few people, have all loved this movie. Uh, yeah, this this is this falls in the category of, of sequels that outdo the original. Wow, um, outdo fact, the original. The, the only thing it doesn't outdo the original is the soundtrack because it's really hard to compete with an 80s soundtrack. Danger but, Zone. Other than, well, they do have Danger Zone at the start, but, yeah. you know, at the end they've got Lady Gaga singing a song and it's just not quite the same. No. Um, but this, to me, this falls in the category of, like, Aliens, T2. Yep. You know, Godfather Two, where basically uh, it it uh, it expands upon and improve, and it's an improvement um, because it, it look it's very hard to do a, a sequel, you know, fucking forty years later. Yeah, you know, almost forty years later. But whoever I, I have to look up the writer um, uh, who who worked on it because I think there was a couple of people. Um, but anyway. This is a masterclass in how to do a sequel right. Right, right? that's Where awesome. It's it's not filled with like much. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, here's a cameo from this guy. You remember this guy from the first movie and all that? Yeah, yeah. It's very minimalistic. You know, obviously it's got Iceman, yeah, um, in it. And now obviously he doesn't have the same love interest, but it was very clever because he's the love interest in this movie is actually mentioned in the first movie. The Admiral's daughter, yeah. wasn't it? The Admiral's daughter, Penny, yeah. So, again, it's very well where they've taken things from the first. But it's it's a story about, obviously, Rooster, which is um, Goose's son. Miles Teller and plays him, yeah? Yeah, he actually does a fantastic job, actually. That's good. It's, That's good. It almost, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I could honestly believe that this is the guy's son. Do you know wow, what I mean? Really? It's just, it's really well done. Um, it, it, it's got you know, it's fantastic heart. It's got uh, great acting in it. It's got a really good story. And it's not the whole like, oh, I hate you because, you know, you killed my dad. That's actually not their, good. their underlying uh, um, um, uh, conflict right. between him and Rooster. That, um, I, I won't spoil it, but that's actually not the conflict, which is I quite appreciated that. Really good cast in it. Uh, the young actors did a fantastic job. And I think why people are also just generally liking this movie, it's just a movie. Yeah. Right? It's not, there's no like politics in it. There's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's no like, oh, it's so hard to be a woman. This, oh, it's so hard to be this yeah, minority, yeah. whatever. It's just a movie and every person is a person. Yeah. Everyone is capable. They're the best of the best. There's none of this like, woe is me yeah. crap and all that sort Good. of shit in the movie. And it's got some fantastic action at the end, man. Oh my God. The action is so good in this movie. Really? And again, it okay. should be because it's it's um, you know, it's 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 better technology now, and they can, yeah. they you know, uh, the the fights just look so phenomenal, and and uh, it's just oh, and Tom Cruise. This is so weird. When I was younger, and Tom Cruise was younger, I never liked him that much, honestly. Really? Like, wow. But but as he's gotten older, and I've gotten older, I <laughs> I like Tom. I've Cruise always been a big fan. His- this may have been the first movie I I reckon I saw this. I I look. I'm trying to remember. I think this was the first Tom Cruise movie I saw in cinemas. I closely followed by Risky Business on video, but I loved the original so much. The original Top Gun. I and Cocktail as well was another one. And, and that's my point. This doesn't take anything away from it. It's cool. not like yeah. Oh, this is better. The other one's worse. No, no. The other one is great. Yeah, this yeah. is just greater you know what i mean and that's how it should be like before everyone goes like oh my god no no a sequel should 
aim to be better than the first movie. And sure. I think they succeeded. It, it rarely happens. The, but you know, and it's amazing that it's happened. Like this movie was so the release was so delayed due to COVID and Tom Cruise stuck to his guns. He did not want it going on streaming. Um, and it's been the biggest movie uh, of his career. It's 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 just gone oh, yeah. past nine hundred. It's just gone past nine hundred million, um, and they think it will probably hit a billion. Um, but it's oh, it probably yeah. well, and it and it deserves to because uh, put it this way, I left that. I, I literally just finished watching it, and I was like, I want to watch it again. Wow, like okay. just leaving the cinema, I was like, I literally want to watch that again. So I, I will definitely be buying this when it comes out on. Um, on on um, Blu-ray or 4K or whatever, yeah, it comes out. I will definitely be buying this. Will be added to my collection. It is oh, me the too. best movie. It's the best movie I've watched this year so far. Wow. Okay, so that's a, that's a that's an amazingly good review. Now I've got a question for you, um, and I am super interested in watching it. The managing director at work, um, he's been looking forward to it, and he saw it and he gave the same review that you just gave, basically, um, very glowing. Um, in terms of sequels that outdo the original, I'm not saying it outdoes it, but I also think Rambo First Blood Part 2, um, the direction it went in made that movie so successful and it was quite different from the original. Would you agree? Yeah, well, that's the same as Aliens. Yes. Um, you know, Aliens is is a very good sequel, but it's also a different sequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It uh, Alien is very horror yeah and aliens is more action action horror yeah um uh and and that's the same with uh rambo i mean rambo yes. first blood is it's a it's a survivalist a, you know yeah it's, it's it's very much like psychology yeah you know ptsd you know all that all, all that stuff and 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 then rambo 2 is literally just a, a over the top um yeah uh, action movie so it elevates it in a different way where yeah they kind of subtly sometimes not so subtly but they kind of sh- change genres yeah well i think you know with I mean? rambo Where- first blood part two stallone really tapped into the zeitgeist of the mid 80s in a massive way mm. you know um oh yeah. I, I love this i love this one guy's tweet where he goes uh, so top gun Maverick is number one in the box office. Mm. Kate Bush is number one on the charts. Yes. And America and Russia in a proxy war. Did everyone just decide, fuck it, let's do 1986 again? Yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, I was like, that's pretty funny. So remind me, I've, I've got a feeling that in the, in the end of Top Gun, didn't they have like a sort of clash with Russian pilots somewhere? Was it Russians or was it Chinese? Oh, it's never, it's never established what they are. Is it? Oh, okay. Right, I didn't know. No, that. Like they've got like you know, like the same in this movie. Like the the pilots have like a, a red star, but it's never outwardly right. said right who the enemy is and and all. So that is sort it of a stuff. hot it's war? Like, is it a hot war in this one, or is it a, is it like a sort of um, how can I say like a sort of a, a very like you know, localized no, kind no, of no, flashpoint yeah, conflict? So it's, it's like proxy war and all that sort of stuff. It's you know. Uh, uh, it's it's like they're not at like full blown war, right? Okay, but there is an enemy country, state, or whatever that has built this underground thing, and uh, it's it's got like um, uh, anti air missile launches all along the trench and all that sort of right. stuff, and he's got to come in and train these pilots to basically survive a suicide mission. Um, oh. He's he's there to basically. Um, 
get them ready for this 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 like impossible mission. Right. Okay. And he flies as well, doesn't he? Surely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, you know, I don't want to say too much because I, I don't want to spoil. There's some, there's some cool, right. cool moments. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I, yeah, I really want to say it. My, Miles Teller had a fantastic thing where he was being interviewed, and he said mm. he got, he got. I had the best line from Tom Cruise. So during the filming, they had them in the cockpits and stuff and all that, and then he wasn't like feeling well, and they like tested his blood and stuff and all that, and he basically had like a jet fuel in his system, right? Probably from like breathing it in and all that. Yeah. And uh, so he went like went to the doctor and all that. Anyway, next day Tom Cruise is like, "How you doing, kid?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I've got. Uh, they told me I got jet fuel in my blood. That's the first for me." And Tom Cruise basically said, "I was born with it, kid." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was born with it in my blood, kid. Yeah, that's <laughs> like cool. that's, that's so Tom. That's so Tom Cruise. It is Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise. I you know I think uh, I don't I don't care about it. What any uh, detractor I, has ever, ever said, I've always enjoyed his movies. I think he's a lot of. But fun. listen, watch. I, my thing to everyone is watch this at the cinema. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well worth a trip to the cinema to watch. This yeah, movie. yeah, you know what? And even Michelle the other day said, "Yeah, probably," because because I, I I've been pushing for it because I I want to see it. I I must admit it. And I mean, I went three weeks after, and the cinema was still pretty much quite full. Really? So, okay. Yeah, I better catch it while it's still on uh, at the cinema. Like, I mean, you know, they obviously they oh, yeah, keep it sure. there for a while. Yeah. So wow. So that's a five star review, isn't it, Rich? Really? That's a definite five star review. That's yeah. a five out of five. Wow, cool. Um, ten now, out of ten. Ten out of ten. I like it. Now, um, uh, there's some Conan news. So Titan Comics, the English-based publisher, known for its mostly licensed line of titles, they also used to reprint uh, 2000 e stuff, has nabbed the comic rights to Conan the Barbarian and other creations of fantasy author Robert E. Howard, entering into a co-publishing venture with Heroic Signature, the intellectual property house that owns the rights to Conan. Uh, the deal covers not just comics, but also graphic novels, as well as remastered archives, including the Omnibus program previously published by Marvel Comics. Uh, Marvel has held the rights to Conan since 2018 and published various comics, including Conan fighting alongside heroes such as Wolverine and Elektra in Savage Avengers. Uh, Titan plans to put out a line of original comic book based on Howard's creation, starting with a new Conan the Barbarian title as an ongoing series set to launch in May 2023 to coincide with Titan Comics' 10th anniversary miniseries based on sword and sorcery characters such as the Puritan, Equal Evil, Vanquisher, Solomon Kane, Redhead Mercenary, Dark Agnes, and Atlantean adventurer Cull the Conqueror due to follow. Um, the comics deal uh, between the two companies comes after last year's book de de deal regarding Conan for all new novels, short stories, and illustrated art books. The first project from that pact is the novel Conan, Blood of the Serpent, due to hit bookstores October 18, followed by Conan the Barbarian, the official story of the film, a behind-the-scenes hardback retrospective book due out November 2. Now, I think this is good news because I think Marvel mishandled it since they got it. in terms of Not in terms of reprints where they've done a fantastic job, but in terms of the new stuff. I don't think it ever hit huge heights. Um, I think Jim Zub's little run was good and was the best they did. But I think overall, I don't think it was as good as it could have been. Um, I will definitely get this hardback of the, about the making of the film. I've got the hardback of the making of Planet of the Apes, which is one of my favourite books and films. Um, what do you think, Rich, about this? Titan Comics are now going to be publishing Conan. Hopefully they can do it right. Hopefully, yeah. 
Well, I mean, you'd hope uh, so. But I, I would like I would like to see them do all of the stuff though. Like I want to see definitely some Solomon Kane. Yeah. Um, because even though Marvel had the the license for that when they got it, they didn't really do much with. There was like a one shot or something. And there was very. Little. I don't think they did anything with Dark Agnes or no. Cole really. So yeah, I think yeah. they kind of wasted it a little bit. Did Cole so make I, an appearance? I'm trying to remember if Cole made an appearance. I think that was in one of the old ones we read. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't think he's made a modern uh, appearance. Solomon Kane was in that uh, one that was set with Robert E. Howard as the writer, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Solomon. But it was like a one issue. Like it was cool, but it was just one issue. Um, I think the best thing that Marvel did was they got the reprint program going really heavily. Like they're going to actually collect in full before the license lapses. They will have they will have reprinted the entirety of the nineteen seventies from nineteen nineties main Conan the Barbarian title, but they won't have completed the Savage sort of Conan title. Um, so they 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 will actually they should get to the end of the normal Conan the Barbarian title. Uh, that you know I I believe from from what from what I've been researching, but Savage sort of Conan. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to reach the end of it before the deal lapses unless they really pump these books out. You know. Which they might do. Yeah, it's such a shame because, as I said, Marvel used to do very well with the licenses back in the day. Well, yeah, I mean, look, they gave it a fair shake, but I, I, I just don't think that the um, titles were strong enough. I think I don't think that, like, when when they were apologising for for fucking that Pocahontas thing, I was thinking this is the pussification of Marvel, and it's probably why they don't deserve to hold the license. If you're apologising. Yeah, you know, but I said that from the start when they when yeah. they announced it. I said I said current Marvel climate is the worst people to have yeah. uh, Conan. Yeah, because it it's 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 they're not going to use Conan to like the full extent and mm. and 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 lean into that sort of stuff. Yeah. They, they they they'll do something that they'll have to apologize for or yeah. You know, people right. go like, oh, it's disgusting. It's like, Ugh. yeah, You're like yeah, they were apologizing for a scantily clad woman in Conan. Well, go and look at all the savage sort of Conan and all the regular Conan and all the tavern wenches that have ever been, you know? But I guarantee you the people complaining didn't even read Conan books. Oh, That's dude. the thing. Yeah. That's what pisses yeah. me off the most is the people who complain are the people who are not actually yeah. fans. Because oh, if yeah. you were a fan, you wouldn't be offended by that because exactly. you were a fan. You'd you know what? It's it. the old thing. You know what? You don't like it. Don't read it. Don't buy it. You know? Um, and, yeah. you know, and honestly, it, it does feel like – I don't think Conan uh, with Marvel, they didn't give it a fair shot. They, they did do well with the reprints, though. I will say that. Their reprint division has done a really good job with the omnibuses and the epic collections. They have not let the team down there. And sometimes when we're so busy criticising Marvel and DC, we should uh, – take a moment to say the reprint guys actually do get good stuff out. They churn out a lot of good material, whoever handles the reprints, you know. Um, it's just a shame that the new newer material, it's so uh, – it's like watered down so badly. Like they're so scared of it. Like I, I think they got the license more for the reprints than for, for, for more current Conan. I'd, I'd love to see – like for Sol- – I tell you what, uh, fuck, who's the guy that does um – Hellboy, uh, Mike Mignola. Mike, Mike Mignola. I would have loved to see him, him do a Solomon Kane. Yeah, oh, that'd be I cool. Think he would have been so, so good. Yeah, I mean, there is a Solomon Kane omnibus. You know that, don't you? Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But that's all the old collection. I'm talking about something like yeah, 
like do, now, do, do you own thing. the? But have you bought the 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 old collection? I think it's meant to be pretty good. Not yet, not yet. You no, should buy. I'm, you should uh, I'm, I'm on a novel run at the moment where I'm trying to fill up some of my um, oh. missing stuff from novel series and all that. So, is this the Star Wars collection still going? That, but I'm also um, because I because I moved to Kindle. Yes, uh, a lot of my stuff I've been on Kindle, but I need to. Um, there's like the Lost Fleet series by Jack Campbell that mm. I need to finish put getting on the bookshelf and stuff. So th- there's a few other stuff besides the Star Wars stuff that I need to. Okay, I, I need to finish the collection on the bookshelf. So I- I've kind of been buying some novels and finishing those um, collections at the moment. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah, I mean you're in control of your game, Rich. You know what you're doing, so I'm not too worried, man. Like as far as I'm concerned, you're a guy who knows what he's doing when it comes to this kind of stuff. Oh, um, I thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing I do like, you go over to your place, you've got, like, the, the nice um, novels. It, it, you know, I, I used to have, I mean, I've got a massive col- comic book collection. I used to have quite a big uh, novel collection, and I actually got rid of a lot of it. But I, I have bought a few, because uh, I, as like same as you, I read a lot on Kindle. Um, but, like, I bought all the Wheel of Time series to have, and, you know, I've got, Certain series that meant a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? I just I just hang on to them, um, and you know, there's a few books I've bought, like um, like Jack Vance. I bought the Jack Vance Tales of the Dying Earth, and I don't regret it at all because it's just yeah, the well, kind I of mean, thing I like to leave through. I love Kindle because it's a great way to get something but cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could find a book on there for ninety nine cents or a dollar twenty nine or like three bucks, mm. and it could turn out to be a really good series. And what I'll then want to do is I want to. Um, collect the 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 novels for the shelf, mm. um, but it's but Kindle's just a great way to find also storage uh, as well. Uh, storage is a big thing, you know. Oh look, there's some stuff where I've, I've read it and I enjoyed it, but I'm like, ah, but it's not it's not worth the shelf. Yeah, you know what I mean. So look, there's a lot of stuff I read on Kindle that I enjoy it, but I'm like, eh, it's not really, yeah, it's not shelf worthy. Yeah, no, um, I hear, so. I hear completely. I hear what you're putting down, Rich. I like it. Um, yeah, so, look, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Now, basically, in more licensed news, and I got very excited this week, Planet of the Apes, which, uh, you know you know how much I love Planet of the Apes, Rich, the license has gone back to Marvel, who did do quite a bit of Planet of the Apes stuff, I think, in the 70s. Um, now, I got really excited, and then when we had lunch, you kind of brought me crashing back to Planet Earth when you said, but, Dave, remember, it's modern Marvel. And they're going to pussify it and and water it down and. Oh, you know. I don't. I don't want to bring you crashing down to earth. I just want to attach a string to your balloon <laughs> so that you don't go drifting off too high. Because I was real, you know, yeah. You know. They had that picture, man, which got me so excited. And I was like, "Why can't like I'm going to put this to you, Rich? You're an artist. the The cover picture I sent to you, which I think looked really good, I want that art in the comic." You know what I mean? Like, is it that hard to replicate that art style in a comic for 20, you know, two, four, 24 pages? Well, you know? The problem is it depends, though, because some artists are only cover artists. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not necessarily interior artists. So um, I need to actually look up because you sent me the, the, the picture, but I need to actually look into. Mm who the artist who did the cover was. Yeah, well, we, we can we can find that out. But, but but regardless, but also I will say this, there has been some good Planet of the Apes comics relatively recently, like uh, I'm going to murder her name now, Karina Becko 
and Gabriel Hartman did uh, some really good Planet of the Apes comics, and I want to say it was at IDW. I, I I think I'm right when I say that, but it's stuff I, I own. It was good stuff. Like, you know, it's not like there's been no good Planet of the Apes comics in the last 20 years. There's actually been some good Planet of the Apes comics. Um, why can't oh, they... Had those- it was Boom. You know what? It was Boom. boom. Sorry, it wasn't OW. It was Boom. Now, Boom did some good Planet of the Apes comics, like good, solid stuff that appeals to, um, you know, uh, watchers of the original movies and stuff. And, and they also did some stuff where it was like, the apes from uh, the the newer movies clashing with the apes from the seventies movies, and they did some good stuff, you know. And um, there was a Planet of the Apes Star Trek one, I think, as well. Um, there's been some good stuff, man. Like I don't understand why Marvel, who are a major publishing house, cannot rise to the fucking heights of Boom. <laughs> like, like it feels like yeah, they've, they've yeah. got. You know what I mean? Like they've got more money. Then boom, they've got a bigger market presence. They can hire the talent. Like, just get on with it. Like, stop. I'm so sick of, of making excuses for Marvel's poor fucking output. Like, there's no reason they can't do it. That's just how I feel, man. Well, there's no reason, but they'll come up with one. Yeah, they'll <laughs> fuck it up somehow. Yeah, they'll screw it up. Oh. What is it, Rich? You come across something? Uh- uh, okay, now now I understand why the now because I, I I only looked at the, the 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 cover on my phone. Yeah, what's the story? Uh, I, I haven't had a look. Um, it's probably one of the worst artists that you can get. Who? It, it's Salvador uh, La Roca, the Tracer. Oh yeah, but he he's good though, isn't he? I like him. No, he's not. Okay. I know he's known. Yeah. I don't actually know okay. his work. If anyone thinks his art is good, I'm so, I, I, I know it's an opinion, but I'm telling you now, you're wrong. Okay. Like his current stuff, uh, maybe his older stuff was okay, right. but his newer stuff is he basically just takes images and traces them. He right. just traces. Not It's not even real art. It, it may as well just be Photoshop. Right. That's why on the small phone it looked so like cinematic. It's yeah. because he's probably just taken an image from the movie and literally traced it. <laughs> All right, isn't he? This is a guy that you've taken a few shots at before. I know his name. I don't. I. I, I got to be honest. I don't really know his artwork. But I'm. I'm yeah, he's done that. Star Wars, and he did the Alien. Yes, one that we and you were really about grumpy movie. about it because. Yeah, well, yeah. he's a tracer, man. I'm sorry. Like you know, he he's been busted so many times tracing right movie uh, stills and even other people's art and stuff and all that. Like really. It's not. It's he might as well just fucking Photoshop stuff from the movies and put it in as a comic. Honestly, yeah. Is um. I mean, I mean, I look. I, I don't know the ins and outs of all this, but am I right in and saying? And he used to be good, but but that, but then we're talking like but it 90s, looks 2000s. good. But dude, I mean, it, this looks good, man. I don't think it looks good. I no, it looks stiff, man. It doesn't look good. I, looks... I see. I think it looks really good. Just to see the image. I don't know anything about what this guy does, but I'm looking at this image of this the, of the ape on horseback. I don't know. To me, that looks I good. Gar- I guarantee you it's, an, it's yes, but I guarantee you that it's just a traced image it's from a gorilla. the movie. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe that's what I want. You know, I want it to be close to the movies. Like, I get what you're saying. Why? But, but Boom <laughs> did it without fucking tracing, and they did phenomenal stuff. Like, I, I I'm did sorry, like, I did the, like the that whole yeah. his Star Wars stuff has been atrocious. Okay. I was like 
thank God I'm not reading Star Wars right now because his art would turn me off no matter how good the story was. It, did he do was. the – with Kieran Gillen, he did some Darth Vader, am I right in saying? I think he did. Yeah, and it was terrible. See, I liked it. See, I, I know why you hate it, but I liked that run. I, I, I have those hard covers, man. I, I dude, I yeah, think well, the art is I know why you hate it, Richard, because as you say, he, he sort of I don't know the technology. He somehow gets like an image of Darth Vader, and he manages to sort of put that into like a digital program and spits out a picture. Is that what he does? Like, you know, is that basically no, what? Happens? Yeah, he will basically. He'll, yeah, he'll basically find images on the internet. Yeah, of stills from movies or the actor or whatever. Uh. I mean, for God's sakes, there was a. Um, I think when he was doing Marvel, he was drawing um, uh, Harry Osborne, no Norman Osborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he looked like fucking um, Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. Really? Yes, Tommy Lee Jones. He was just taking in. He was just taking images of Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones. That's hilarious. From movies and stuff, and then just giving him the Norman hair. Right, I'm going to type this in. That so even yeah, even the I, ears, even the ears. Okay, like he's, he's I, I, I hear what you're saying, man. Okay, fair enough. But is this guy confirmed to be the artist for the Marvel thing, or is well, it as just- I said, I don't, I don't know. But that he's doing the that the cover is done by him. It's by him, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know who's going to be. Who doing is it? Green Goblin? Did you, is it Green Goblin? You said he, that was Tommy Lee Jones. Is that? I'm just typing in the the words in a Google. Well, he did. Picture. Yeah, he did images of um, Norman Osborn. Um, uh, I think it was during the Dark Avengers sort of right. storyline. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I'm not getting the images here that I, I was wishing I would see one that was like Salvador LaRocca, hey. Green Goblin, Tommy Lee Jones. I just want to see it just for my own enjoyment, really. That's because I can't, and I, I just can't. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not seeing it, but. Hang on, hang if you on, come across it, send it to me because I do. I, I am interested in. in unfortunately, Sal. I guess I'm also misspelling his name, so that's not helping. Um, so there he's, you go. I just shared. I, I just shared it with. Okay, you. so he's got a reputation, though, Rich, is what you're saying, basically. Yes, he's got a reputation for being an absolute terrible fucking actual artist. <laughs> that's funny though, because like he's one of those rare names. Wow, that does look like Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. Especially the top left one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a slightly younger Tommy Lee Jones. Um, yeah, you can even tell by the ears because you know Tommy Lee's got those big yeah. ears. No, I'm t- sorry, I don't. He's not an artist. In my book, he may have started off as an artist, right? But he has become a tracer. He's an absolute fucking tracer. I tell you, like, someone who I think also could um, uh, be accused of that. I'm not saying he's guilty of it, but uh, John Cassidy on his Star Wars, um, I believe there was some talk that he was literally taking the stills from the actual movies and and doing well i know i know laroca was doing that yeah well there was definitely i'm not i look and i have no idea if it was true or not but like but to me and, and this is just coming from a fans you know i'm not an artist you know when I when I read those Star Wars, for some reason, and I can't quite tell you why, I find when they really look the same, you know, as it actually takes me out of the story for some reason. I I know some people will say it's awesome, but when it looks like no. it's it's like a traced kind of depiction of Princess Leia, I I don't find it. 
for, for me, there's like an uncanny, uncanny valley kind of moment for me. A- am I alone there, Rich? No, uh, I'm just having a look. The John Cassidy stuff isn't traced. Okay. But it, regardless, he's, he's, I, I don't know. I just He's a really good artist, but I doesn't. Uh, he is a good artist, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't look like tracing because there's certain things that are off about the characters, like whether it be like their nose or their lips. So he's just probably really good at um, probably maybe life portraits, but that definitely doesn't look like tracing to me. Okay. All right. Well, not, anyway. Not, not like not like, Ro- not like LaRocco. Like You've really got to think about this, Salvador LaRocco. I mean, I, I, I hate him. Okay. Well, hopefully for you. he's So Dave was hoping he'd be doing the Planet of the oh, Apes. Hopefully for you. I don't – I mean, the Planet of the Apes doesn't affect me. If, can if can I ask a question, not. though? Can I ask a question? Because, again, I'm not a artist. I, okay. So Salvador LaRocco, let's say he's doing that. How does he get away with that? For a whole book, though, where there's like apes walking around and doing all sorts of shit, because not everything can be something from a movie. You know what I mean? Like a cover. Oh, he's he, he's gonna pull just a lot of stuff from all the movies. He's gonna find every single still that he can, and the ones that he can't, you'll find the art will look pretty meh. Right. When he has to draw it from his imagination. Right. Really. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. That is nuts, man. Like, I know that for a fact because if you go and look at his, um, he was doing the Uncanny X Men. Uh, he did an Uncanny X Men run when was it two thousand? Right. Maybe nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Um, something like that. Nineteen eighteen? Did you say nineteen eighteen? Are we sure? Sorry, sorry, uh, t- sorry. Two thousand eighteen. Right. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, wow. And and the art was absolutely terrible in that because he was not tracing. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. You've made your point. I mean, uh, look, I, I I just wasn't aware of it really. I mean, even though you oh, have brought this up before, he couldn't I just trace everything. It. He couldn't trace everything, but yeah. his Scott Summers looked terrible. He's, he's, you know, you could just tell. And I think he even made the Wolverine to look like him. That's hilarious. <laughs> really? But yeah. No, no. That uh, was definitely, un, uh, it was an uncanny X-Men. Unca- I, I can't remember what. It was, it was a couple of years ago. Matthew yeah. Rosenberg was the writer. Oh, the yeah. I, yeah, I remember the run. It wasn't super it long. It was but... terrible. It was terrible. Hmm. Wowee. So, anyway, I mean... In terms of Planet of the Apes, will you be pick? Well, we're obviously going to do it on the show, Rich. So you're going to have to read it anyway. So I'll read the first issue. Yeah, sure. Forget about the first issue, one, man. You, we'll be going deep into Planet of the Apes. If it runs a hundred issues, you'll, oh, you'll be you'll be going deep into the Planet of the Apes. I agree. You will. No, but for the show, we will be doing the comic. Uh, so I may I may forget to read it every once. <laughs> and I'm a very busy guy. <laughs> well, um, all right. So. I'd, do we have a date for when they're going to start pumping out Planet of the Apes stuff? Like, is it going to be this year? Is there? Is there? Was there no, any? No, no idea, man. All right. Well, um, now it was some... your news. I thought I thought you'd be all over it. No, I yeah, I must have been. I forgot the date. I, I think it was just announced. Now, Dragon's Dogma Two is coming in twenty twenty three. This is a game that I've absolutely loved. I must admit, I've played this game on. Xbox 360, also on PlayStation, and I now own it on Xbox One as well. I love this game. Did you ever play Dragon's Dogma, Rich? No. Man, I think you'd enjoy it. I, I really do. It's a, it's a fun game, man. Like, um, mm. It's classic. You're, can I be honest with you? You're like one of the only people that I know of in my circle that actually like raves about that game. No one else does. Uh, it is quite loved. 
that game. But why? Who doesn't? Why? What are they saying about it? Well, I, I said in my well, and they just say it's a bit dull. Um, wrong. Um, it's sometimes a bit boring. No, wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can say this because you play uh, Ubisoft games, so well, it's you not might a Ubisoft game. It's not no, a U- but you just might be, but you might be just used to dull, boring, repetitive stuff. <laughs> Dion this week went on a diatribe about Far Cry Six and how similar it was to Assassin's Creed. And I said, Jesus Christ, why don't you and Richard get a fucking show? And you know, like. You guys can. I, just I couldn't even it. make that comparison because I don't play the games. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Now, um, it's too so, boring for me to touch. Now, speaking of something, Rich, which I think you're going to have some strong views on, Obi Wana, the final episode of Obi Wan. Now, I'm going to say upfront, I loved the final episode, other than the black chick storyline, which was shit. Man, I dug the ending to this and like the fight scene. I, I really had a good time with this episode. I'm not saying it was perfect, and I know it was a flawed series, but I thought they stuck the landing. Um, so I'm out with a flag, and I've planted my flag on the hill, Rich. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to tear that flag? Are you going to run up the hill and tear the flag down, or are you going to stand beside me proudly? Just going to shake my head and say, not for you. This show was an absolute fucking waste of time. An absolute waste of time. Didn't do anything. Didn't reveal anything. Didn't push anything forward. It was an absolute fucking waste of time. <laughs> I'm. I feel. I feel dumber for having having watched it. Wow. So not a fan. <laughs> no. In fact, I do agree with you that the only good thing in this entire show mm. of six episodes. Was Obi Wan at the end saying hello there to young Luke? Hello there, yeah. That was and good. seeing uh, 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 Liam Neeson as um, Qui Gon. Qui Gon. Yeah, that's the, that in, cool. in six episodes. That's the only two positive things I can say about the entire fucking show. Wow. So you were really bummed out by the whole experience. And the fighting was atrocious, man. Seriously, how you can compare that shit to fucking a. Uh, Prequel lightsaber duels is just beyond me. Well, I will say this. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like the, I think the fights in Revenge of the Sith between Obi Wan and um, uh, Darth Vader or Anakin then is just awesome in Revenge of the Sith, and it's certainly not that good. But I did enjoy this one because Obi Wan was. But can I uh, can yeah. I ask you something? Mm. What what is it about Disney that they just have to make original characters look just look absolutely fucking stupid, like? Obi-Wan lets him live again. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Then I have truly lost my friend. They have a one-on-one fight, and he literally has the opportunity right then and there to kill Vader, and he just walks away. Yeah. He had him and at his you mercy. Think I'm, like, I just want to say to Disney, do you think I'm fucking stupid? Like, you don't think I look at that and go, oh, my God, Obi-Wan's a fucking idiot. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, this whole series has been so poor and poorly written and... The character development has been awful. This whole thing has just made Obi-Wan look like the biggest fucking idiot. But maybe it's because I, I see it this way. So they had the fight, and I did. I enjoyed the fight. And he had Darth Vader on the back foot big time. And then good usage of force. And then I said to Michelle, we're going to see the face of Vader. And she said no, and then it happened. And I thought that was a great moment. And you saw... You, you had Hayden Christensen speaking. Well, I mean, of course you, know. you were going to see the face because, I mean, obviously, the, otherwise they went and brought fucking Hayden Christensen back. Yeah. 
But that was a cool moment, I thought. And then, but I think he was saying, the way I saw it and viewed it was he realised that was no longer Anakin and that's why he said goodbye, Darth, and walked away because from that point on, they are just going to be pure antagonists to each other. He has, he's no longer searching for the... No, that that you know, was that was a right to think they're super clever and they're going to have him go... I killed Anakin, so you can now go tell Luke that Vader killed Anakin. <laughs> Aren't I clever? <laughs> Fucking idiots. Well, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. I, I just think that there was, uh, to me, it seemed like if they do a season two, the two of them will be pure yeah. antagonists. You know, I'm not watching season two. I'll tell you that right well, now. Well, you're going to have to watch it for the show if it happens, Rich. So you know, there's that. No, I might, I might pull a, I might pull a Moon Knight and go. Oh shit! Oh, I just ran out of time to watch the series. Sorry, you'll have to give us the full review, Dave. <laughs> you're still carrying that grudge, Rich. All these weeks later, still, still. Oh, uh... I'm saving it for for Obi Wan season two if there's going to be one because I ain't, I ain't watching that shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> But you're the fucking Star Wars I, guy. You're I Mr. Star Wars. No, I'm I'm Mr. Pre Disney Star Wars. Right. Disney Star Wars can kiss my fucking ass. <laughs> Disney is uh, the worst thing to sorry. happen to Star Wars, like in the history of entertainment. Wow, that's a big call. That's a huge. That's call. true. That's I true. Mean, they ruin everything. They literally ruin everything about the original. They they just ruin everything. They mm. just they just shit all over it. It's just it's retarded. Like when Obi Wan goes into the Death Star, mm. Vader literally goes, "Hmm, I can sense Obi Wan," and yet he couldn't sense that Obi Wan was still alive under the fucking rocks. He did. He did sense it when he came out of the rocks. He did sense it. No, he walked away. He was no. just like, oh, "Done." No, he's, when Obi Wan when Obi Wan got rid of the rocks, he did sense it. When he should have sensed that he was already there. He should have been standing there waiting. power has grown by New Hope from where it is in this as well. Don't forget oh, that. You, you sound like all these uh, excuse makers for Disney, honestly. <laughs> I don't really you grasp at any. You grasp at any little thing to try and explain a plot hole. I mean, I don't care that much, Richard. Like, I, I just enjoyed the fight, basically. I will agree with you that that, that black chick storyline was shit, was boring, and I hate Uncle Owen and his stupid wife. And and so I you know, hate uh, all that. I don't know who I don't know who said this, but someone said it's weird how some how they decided to give Reva a copy of the script mm. because she seems to know everything and she can just piece everything together in the blink of an eye and can be anywhere in the blink of an eye. I mean, we cut to Vader chasing down the ship mm. that just left, and Reva's already on Tatooine. Yeah. After being left there with a, a, a saber through her chest, I know she did make a miracle. She's already recovery. at that win, and when Bail Gun is like the boy, she automatically goes, "Look, that's who it is." Are you kidding me? Mm. Who gave her a copy of the script? The, the leaps of logic that this character makes, mm. and he's always correct, is astounding. Mm. It's such a poorly written character. There's no fun in a character that just knows everything and can and just like make these massive leaps of of conclusions. Yeah. Like just like that. Like how would she even know what boy they're talking about? Or yeah, even remember I, I, Owen. I didn't actually know the answer to that either. She just seemed to instinctively know that there was like a boy on Tatooine and then she just sort of went there straight away. Like 
how did yeah, you whole, like, like? How did she know that, Rich? I I didn't. How was it explained in the show? I don't know. Mm. It's not explained. That's the thing. She right, just okay. yeah knows. Yeah, that was she odd. Yeah, that was odd. It's the same when she's chasing Leia and she finds the secret entrance. She just goes, "Yep, I know where that entrance is going to come out," mm. and somehow gets there before Leia and kills the guy. Mm. At the but how do you know? How did you know that was the guy at the entrance of the tunnel? Mm. Okay. And how did you get there already? You know what I mean? Like, Leia should have already been there by the time you got to that, the the entrance. I, I don't know. The, uh, this, mm, this show makes me angry, man. Yeah, you like, really didn't enjoy it. Gen- See, I, look. The show genuinely makes me angry. I know I'm more of I actually of a- think it's worse than Boba Fett. You, do you? Really? See, I, I prefer yes, to because, Boba Fett. No, because these characters are more important than Boba Fett. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So sure. in that aspect, to me, this is worse because these characters actually matter more than Boba Fett, and you've and you've completely mucked it up. Boba Fett is more of a side character. On that, I will definitely agree with you on that. You yeah. know, and and I'm not disagreeing that they di- that they didn't fuck him up. I'm just saying to me, this is worse. Oh, these are more central. I agree. Like the story of Obi Wan and Anakin and Leia and and even Luke, they're all way more to the core of Boba Fett's kind of like a side story. You know what I mean? Like he's a minor character, even though he's popular and you are right. The stakes are lower because he's kind of more like a cool, entertaining side piece. Whereas this is the main story of Star Wars. You know, the, whatever you call it, the Skywalker saga or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it's essential. Look, I'll be honest with you. I, I know I'm more casual, but I am still a Star Wars fan. I did enjoy it. Um, but I, even though I did have reservations, you know, I, I, I liked seeing your McGregor back. I thought the stuff with Darth Vader was cool, um, even though there's a few people who were questioning would he have the power to stop a starship. Where, where is your view on that as the Star Wars expert, Rich? Um, yeah, I think that... Like, that's fun when you do that in the video games and all that, mm. but, I mean... Anakin's never done that in any of the movies, mm. original or prequels. You know, like the people that are supposed to be do that is supposed to be like your Yodas, mm. you know, and 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 like the masters of the force. And I mean, the whole point of Vader is that he's more machine than man, which means, you know, no, he shouldn't be that powerful. Um, but he is still uh, a man as well. Like, no, um, but know. no. So I kind of feel like, to me, Darth Vader makes up for his his lack of force, especially since he's had most of his body replaced with just mm. brutal mm. lightsaber. You know, uh, mm. and yes, he can still use like the force. Like, I mean, but I I think that I don't know. You see, it's it's one of those things where I feel like again, I feel like these shows, especially this Obi Wan, it's I, you know, it's like that fan fiction movies where they go too over the top. Mm. With, with characters and make them do like you know things that are well beyond that's been established in the movies and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like they're not supposed to be that powerful. Mm. Yeah, no, you know I, I, mean? I, I like, get you. Yeah, you know, I know it was fun when when they did it in the um, Force Unleashed, uh, Force Unleashed, and all that. But again, that's a game. You know what I mean? That's it's a fun game mechanic and all that sort of stuff. You know, um, but. I you know do I want to see like Jedi and, and Sith just like ripping uh, uh, spaceships out of the sky? No, no, I, I don't really want to see. Yeah, I don't want to say that either because I think that's a little, that's a little crap. 
Um, but I do like it where the – and I think the fight could have been better, but I like it where they fling stuff at each other. Like, I think that's a fun part of a force fight, to fling shit at each other like rocks and stuff. Yeah, but, like, they were, but again, they went too far because at one point, like, fucking – um, Obi Wan's doing like an anime superpower move where like a million rocks, you know, boulders are just flying at Darth Vader, and it's like you've never shown that at all. That yeah. would have helped you in those other movies, don't you think? Yes. When you were fighting True. people, where was that against General that, Grievous? Like, where was that against exactly. General Grievous? They, yeah, they they go too far, man. They, they, that's I said. They take it's it true. too far with with what the Jedi and the Sith can do. Like, there's supposed to be very few that are that powerful. That's the point. But they you know are the I mean? two most like, powerful. Like, wouldn't Obi Wan be the most powerful Jedi left alive? No, no, that would be Yoda. Okay, other than Yoda, but like Obi Wan is very yeah, powerful. Yeah, but again, you know? but Obi Wan was um, uh, he was a master uh, saw uh, saber fighter. Yeah, his his talent lay more with with uh, uh, fighting technique, and he you know not massive like force stuff. You know. Mm. Um, you know, because but as I said, even that just takes it a bit too far. Like I mean, you know, even Yoda hasn't demonstrated that level of, you know, the, to me that felt that they were trying to tie it to um to Ray, mm. you know, because that reminded me of that scene in the Last Jedi where Ray's lifting all those boulders, and no. I secretly think that is um that does he still trying to have people go? Oh, Ray did that. Maybe Ray is a Kenobi. Like I think people have started to forget about Ray, man. I think she, people have started to forget about her, dude. I think yeah, that, yeah. I think there's a lot but of amnesia. Disney is still wanting people to come around. And I've just go, thought of something. We wrong. I've, Ray's I've, awesome. I've just thought of something, and it's not knocking your your argument out of the water, but it, just a counterpoint. Luke did raise the X-wing fighter out of the swamp in Dagobah. There you go. Remember that? Uh, I'm sorry. Didn't he? Am I right? The X-Wing fighter in Dagobah that sunk into the yeah. swamp, did not Luke eventually raise that out of the water? Mm, you might want to go watch that movie again. <laughs> did he not? I thought um, he was trying. It, it was Yoda that did that. Okay. Was it? I thought Luke was trying to do it and eventually did it. Did he never do it? Okay. No, he gave up and then oh, Yoda okay. did it to I show him okay. thighs matters not. Okay. but but Okay. Yoda did it though. Now, Darth Vader might not be quite at Yoda's level, but he's close, you know? I'm just saying, like, do I, I, I personally, between you and me, I think, honestly, even though it's a cool idea, I think it looked kind of stupid when Vader managed to stop a full fucking starfighter or whatever it was. But I'm just saying, the problem is, like... It's these char- It's like it's like the old storyline of a magic user in a in a fantasy book. Uh, if you make them too powerful, with no restriction, it does. It creates a problem in the story at some points if you use them too much because it's like, well, what can't they do? And when Vader did that, there's part of my brain just thinks, well, this is ridiculous. Like. You know he could have done this so many times in the in the in the original movies. You know when the Millennium Falcon flew away from Hoth, why didn't he just drag it out of the sky? You know, I I I'm just you know you know what I mean. I'm I'm just I'm just I just I just think that's the problem with it. And I think in a video game, yeah, it's cool, but in a live action show, I thought it was a bit stupid personally. Yeah, I, but that's why I I that's why I believe 
talented writers mm. can write themselves out of a corner without mm. breaking the the law or like the established stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, I, I you know get, making them do the shit now that they've never done in any of the movies. Mm. You know, all six movies is just. You know, like to me, Vader's level is like in Rogue One and yeah. and Empire Strikes Back. You know, yes, he can use the force to throw things and you know, maybe push people and all that sort of stuff. But again, he's you know, he's more of a a, a powerful fighter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's brute not, force. Exactly. And he's always been brute force. It's always been about aggression and all that sort of stuff, you know. It's more the the people like and that's the same with Mace Windu, right? Mace Window, all of his stuff yeah. was in his fighting. You know, he wasn't yeah. like a, you know, people like Yoda are supposed to be special, the people that can lift the, you know, and Luke was supposed to be that, mm. right? Luke was supposed to be even more powerful than um, uh, Anakin and mm. being trained by Yoda, learning that. Was he not though? Size Were, like, that. was Luke Skywalker? Well, again, we're talking about legends here, yeah. right? So yeah. in Legends, Yes, Luke was actually Luke ended up being more powerful than Anakin mm -hmm. okay. because yeah, it's fitting. Yeah, you know uh, you have to remember um, Qui Gon when he talks about the prophecy. Mm. The prophecy is not about the most powerful. Mm. It says he will bring balance to the Force. Yes, and the balance was there was two Jedi and two Sith mm -hmm. at the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's balance two two for two. Is that it? Is that really? Is it that literal? Well, there was heaps. It, there was heaps more Jedi. We know that all these Jedi. Yeah, are running but around. again, this is no. But this is stuff that's been added on. Um, we're not talking about Force users or people who are. What we're talking about two fully trained Jedi and two full and and two Sith. Right. Okay. There's two of each, right? Yeah. And if you think about it, when Luke goes on his journey to become a um. A Jedi, mm. Obi Wan dies. Mm. Yeah. So there's still technically two, two. I've got a question for you, and you, you can answer this using your legends knowledge. When when they fight in Star Wars, why does Obi Wan sort of just vanish? Like, what happened there? I never understood that. Like, it was Vader? He he didn't really put up a fight against Vader, like a a very brief fight. But why didn't he fight Vader properly? And why did he just vanish and die? So I, I, I he he couldn't beat Vader. He why? knew that Vader was more powerful than him at this point right. in their lives because he was older. Uh, well, again, I mean, Vader's more machine, so he's getting upgrades. I'm sure to his machine parts as making him right. more powerful, more deadly. Mm. You know, Obi Wan's just pretty much an old man now, and mm. you know, the whole point of Obi Wan is that yes, he is out of practice mm. in. Um, uh, a new hope. Do you know what I mean? Right. He's yeah. he hasn't been gallivanting around fighting Vader. You know, every yeah, yeah. you know, nine to ten years. Um, <laughs> he is he is sort of a very rusty and, and old now. Mm. And he knew that there was no way that he was going to get out of it. And so what he did was he decided to, um, I guess, use his death as like a maybe like a motivating tool for, for Luke. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So, and that, now, that's why. Okay. Now you've got to remember when he just like disappeared into the force and you know, you know, George hadn't quite really 
worked out the whole force thing, yeah. you know, and the force ghost and, you know, because you have to remember Qui-Gon didn't disappear when he died. No. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, so um, I guess they did that. They managed to do that because of maybe Qui-Gon's training, mm. um, you know, because um, Yoda said, you know, I've been in touch with Qui-Gon and you need to continue your training on how to communicate beyond the dead and all that. So maybe they were able with training to basically just become one with the force, mm. you know, and, and choose that mm. as, as something instead of like dying or something. Again, it's not hundred percent clear because again, look, there's even sort of plot holes and contradictions in like originals and stuff and all that, mm. but just not to the level that there is with the Disney stuff. That's no. yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, as far as you're concerned, the, the series was a failure. You know, uh, how can I say critically? Yeah, yeah, and to me, it's a failure because if if you never watch this, it doesn't change anything. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? This doesn't add anything to the mythos, the characters. It's 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 really just you know fluff. It's it's meaningless. It really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't push anything forward. Mm. It it doesn't do anything, and that's why I said like you don't need an Obi Wan show. You really don't. Yeah, well, that was one of the there's criticisms so many, online. You know, that was one of know, the big there's criticisms. There's so many other things you could do. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, here's the thing. I don't, I wouldn't have, as I said, I would have been actually quite okay if this show had been about Leia. Yeah. And being kidnapped. And, you know, you as I said, you introduced some new, you know, mercenary bounty hunter protector character that, you know, that Organa hires. Mm to go and rescue her and through that layer learns, you know, and again, it could be a female character as well. Mm. And who kind of is a role model for Leia about being tough, about fending for yourself, about, you know, not being a damsel. And I would have been absolutely fine with something like that because that to me would have shown, okay, so that's how, that's where Leia sort of learned the, uh, to carry herself like in a new hope. Mm. Right. Where she does stand up to Vader and talk, and then when the boys come to rescue her, and she grabs the thing and says, "You know, gonna do the shit myself." That would have been okay. Been like, "Oh, okay, so that's where you know she learned to fend for herself as sure. a princess." Well, I, I did. I did like, like. I did like. I the, the I thought the kid who played Leia did a pretty good job. Yeah, but, but my point know. is, it should never have been part of Obi Wan. Like, yeah, it, it, that just breaks. But, to but me, dude, that just breaks but dude, like I, I said this to Michelle, and she and I both agreed. The fact that she says Obi Wan, you're our only hope. She knows about Obi Wan. She knows of the no, leg. You know, the, you know what I mean. No. Like, that's the thing. God, you're falling into the trap. So where's the emotion when Obi-Wan died? Why didn't she care? Why didn't she cry? Why didn't she I say, know. I just lost my friend? Maybe she it had amnesia. Maybe she had amnesia, she Rich. Said, I don't know. You worked with my father. You helped my father. You fought in the Clone Wars. She knows about him through her father. She's never right. met the man. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, all right. So you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen are both keen to do season two, apparently. Um, and... You know, and meanwhile, Kathleen Kennedy and the showrunner on Obi Wan are a bit more sort of like we'll see how the reaction is and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, I don't know. Like for all the criticism, it feels like it's been a water cooler show that a lot of people have been watching. You know, it does feel like there's been a lot of eyeballs on this Obi Wan show. It's come up a lot of times in conversation with people at work and stuff. You know, there's been plenty of people kind of interested in it. You know, or them. Well. Okay. Now, moving on, um, there's a rumour, Richard, and I know you played Jedi Fallen Order, correct? 
It's been considered for a live-action Star Wars series. Uh, Cameron Monaghan will reprise the role of the lead character in Jedi Fallen Order. What do you think, Rich? Would you like to see that as a live-action series? Uh, I don't care that much. Why? I thought you loved the show, the game. Remember? No, I loved the gameplay. Mm. Um, I enjoyed the game from just purely a feeling like a Jedi. Mm. Um, yeah, the combat was phenomenal in that game, but mm. do I actually really care about the character? No, not really. Okay. Uh, would you prefer Force Unleashed? I, I love Force Unleashed. I thought Force Unleashed was a lot of fun. What do you think of that? Again, uh, I enjoyed the game again from the gameplay and all that, but mm. um, don't really care about the character that much. And and I, I am a Sam Witwer fan, so I'm saying that as someone who actually likes the actor, mm. Sam Witwer. So, um, uh, but I wasn't a big fan of the story in it. No, mm. I enjoyed the story of the first game, first on each one. I thought it was good fun. Um, again, it's one of those things that just muddy the the waters. Oh, but so what? You know, like, it was a little side adventure, no, Rich. That's the thing. I just, I, I'll be honest with you. I played it and enjoyed it, but I played it from the point of view of, like, it's Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I dig that. You know, yeah. that. That's how I justify those, is that they're not canon. It's mm. just a what if. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I hear that, man. I mean, that's that's fair enough. Um, now, Cora uh, lands an animated film as part of Avatar Studios' theatrical slate. Uh, it's the third animated film, and it's reportedly set in the Legend of Korra era. Did you ever watch like Avatar: The Last oh, Airbender? That's the worst fucking era. Seriously, why would is you it? want to do more Korra crap? I oh, Korra- Yang is the best man. No I- man, Yang original last uh, uh, last Airbender. Yeah, best. Yeah, that was popular. Korra's- but I, I thought Korra was popular as well. No, uh, I'm sure she was, but I don't think she was as popular as uh, the original. No. Um, but what a terrible character. What a terrible show, actually. <laughs> really? I thought they were I thought they were just love those two shows. I thought they were just like it was like people were just that thrilled that they were on fucking oh, TV. Oh, it's got its fans, but I I from my understanding never, By the way, never watched the episode of as, either one. <laughs> nowhere near as beloved as as the last uh, Airbender. Right, okay. Okay. And but they are it's like the sequel to Last Airbender, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, as a continuation of it with right. a new avatar, like uh, yeah. many, many, many years later. Gotcha. Right. Um, but it's one of those things where the character, the unfortunate thing is it suffers from where the character is a bit of a Mary Sue. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like um, she's just awesome straight off the bat, like from day one. Do you I, know what I mean? I've got a point though with that. I, I get, I understand now what a Mary Sue is because people used to call Ray a Mary Sue. Yeah. And that's where I, that's where I became familiar with the term. Uh, I know that it's not female, but like James Bond, isn't he a Mary Sue? And Batman, how is he not a Mary Sue? I mean, you know, like what's the difference? Tell me what the difference is. Um, so the difference is, is that Batman didn't become Batman the moment his parents were killed with no training right? Um, and, and uh, investment and failure right. to get to the point of being Batman. Okay. Um James Bond, again, um, he's successful. Again, Mary Sue doesn't mean you can't be successful, Uh but James Bond gets into a lot of the situations he does because of his libido and his cockiness. Uh 
Uh-huh. Um, you know, he does get captured a lot by the uh, <laughs> the villains and stuff. And by I mean, Jaws and all those kind of guys, yeah. wife is killed and, and you know what I mean? Like, um, Mary Sue doesn't mean that you can't be uh, you can't be good. Right. But the reason that they say raise a Mary Sue is because she does everything in the movie with no ounce of training of of training or setup you know gotcha. what i mean like no i understand she's, okay she's cool. mind freaking people w- when she doesn't even know how what the force is yeah okay. you know she only discovered you know f- uh, through uh hard not even a force user uh-huh. that all that shit's real and she's fighting with lightsabers she's using the force she's using jedi mind tricks and you're just like the fuck like yeah. i mean where's the training montage? Training where's the training montage kind of thing you know well, they saved that for the third movie, apparently. <laughs> so yeah. that's what they mean by Mary Sue is that you're perfect from the start. Like, gotcha. You can right. just do anything and everything, and there is no, you know, there's no training, there's no explanation as to why you can do all the stuff. You just can, right? So they're sort of like missing the the classic amazing fantasy issue with Spider Man and and all that kind of stuff, like. Yeah, 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 you know, like people like that. Oh, Luke's a Mary Sue because he's powerful. It's like no, Luke, you know, struggles with training with Ben. You know, he mm. gets zapped by the thing. Yeah, um, he Vader he, owns he him. Vader like, owns him in oh. um, Empire. Oh yeah, completely owns him. Fucking chops his hand off and everything. You know, and doesn't and only lives because Leia is there to 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 sort of save his butt. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, by the third movie, is he strong and powerful? Of course, but but he should be by the third movie. Yeah, because he's but had Ray, time. But Ray kicks Kylo's ass in the first movie. Yeah. So where's no, the I get suspense? you. Okay, where's cool. The, you know, so. All right. No, fair enough. You answered my question. I, I just, I only became aware of the term uh, in when, whenever it was that Ray became a thing. I'd never heard of it before. Well, um, put it this way. You're, you're Batman, uh, 60s Batman, right? Yeah. That's a bit of a Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Uh, because no matter what situation he's in, there's something in his belt for it. Yeah, yeah, and the bat pellets and all that, the shark You know what I mean? Like the shark Like that's a bit of a Mary Sue. Like no matter what situation they're in, they have the tools or the thing to get out of it. Like yeah. it's just there for them. So that's the best example I can give of like cool. a bit of a Batman Mary Sue. Okay. Uh, now but it was still fun. campy. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, how about this? Japanese scientists have used human skin cells to create a living skin equivalent that replicates the touch of skin. The look and touch of skin repels water and repairs itself when injured, much like living organisms. And they're going to put this on their robots now. So it's it's all happening, man. Terminators. Terminators, dude. We're building Terminators. I love it. Well, well as long as we don't build Skynet... <laughs> I think I think we're well on the way to building Skynet, dude. Seriously, if that shit happens and Skynet goes live, I will not be surprised. I'll be one of the first to well, die as well. Way, there's no harm in building robots as long as they don't have AI. But we're desperately trying to get sentient AI. We, the scientists are desperately trying to crack that. I don't know why, though. I don't know why, but they just are. Like They're, they're constantly I doing don't it. know how AI – here's the thing. I honestly don't know how AI benefits us. I honestly don't know how it benefits us. AI? Yeah, because it, it makes Artificial our lives makes our lives simpler. Does stuff no, for it humans? Doesn't. In, yeah, does stuff for in, in in what way? A program can do that. Mm. I can ask Siri, "What's the weather? What's two plus two? She can tell me that she's not an AI. Sure, she's just a program. That's yeah. my point. I don't understand why artificial intelligence, something that can grow and think for itself, I don't know how that benefits us. Mm. 
Okay. I, d- I just don't. I, well, on I the battlefield, the, on the battlefield, for example, that's where. No, again, you can have a program that can uh, uh, you can input data and it can give you. <laughs> I literally want to create the terminators <laughs> from fucking yeah, judgment. Yeah, you actually do. <laughs> you just like you just like bring on uh, judgment day, man. Just bring Dude, it on. I, you know, I can merge it with my idea before about the sheriffs. What if I make the sheriffs terminators rolling around the neighborhood? That could never go wrong. Oh, uh, you'd, you'd fucking love that. <laughs> that. That could never backfire. <laughs> I could just see it going wrong, and, and uh, you you turn and go. Who could have foreseen this? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> such a good but, idea. Blame Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Uh, the movie disappoints at the box office, Rich. And I've got a question for you: Has Disney Plus ruined Pixar opening weekends, or is this just a bad movie, Rich? Because it is disappointing at the box office. What, what do you mean has uh, Disney Plus ruined Pixar? Because opening? Pixar movies quickly go to Disney Plus. So ha- has the quick streaming date and people are quite happy to watch their Pixar movies at home on Disney Plus ruined the opening weekends for Pixar movies? That's my question to you. Um, I don't know. I mean, have other Pixar movies done well though? Well, Turning Red's an example. Turning Red was a recent one. You know, I'm just saying, uh, I, Pixar had a golden run at the box office for I, many years. I think Pixar movies are just getting worse. Okay. Well, that's honestly. what I'm asking. Have you seen this Buzz Lightyear thing? Oh, uh, no. You were fucking all for it. I remember you were saying this. You were looking forward to this. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the trailer, but then as I saw more trailers, I was just kind of like, I actually Oh, really? Play. This was the one movie that you were looking forward to? I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah, but then, but then I saw Top Gun Maverick and that all changed. <laughs> right, so you're no longer no, on the just, Buzz Lightyear No, trailer. as I said, I saw the teaser trailer and I was just like, oh, like, a, you know, the, the, the thing that Buzz is, is based on. Mm. But then, you know, as more trailers came out, I was just like, oh, it doesn't actually look that funny or that interesting. Or um, Well, I, I think they made a mistake in not doing Tim Allen. I think they made a real mistake. Well, that's and the more I heard Chris Evans, the more I was just like, mm, just doesn't. This doesn't feel like Buzz Lightyear. Okay. okay, so you've done a complete fucking shame. reversal. Hey, well, that's what happens, man. When you, yeah. this is why I said to you, don't get all hyped up when you, fucking something first gets announced. But or this was, this you was stuff. you. You were the one hyping this. I remember. This is why I kept it in the news because I remember this yeah, was the one thing you're looking forward. To. Not, that's why I try not to do it very often. Jesus. And I still fail. So, are you going to see this at cinemas though? Because you spoke, you, you were. You were the fucking test guinea pig to go down to the cinema and watch this. No, no, I'd rather go watch the Elvis. Oh, oh, that's okay. Fair enough. You're doing that. Fine. As long as you're doing something, I'm happy. All right. You, I'll let you off Buzz Lightyear. Although I am annoyed that you flip flopped. You know, which is what you've done. You flip flopped. That's my, my prerogative. I learn from the best, Dave. I yeah. learn from. The I best. never flip flop, man. No, like if I see, oh, you fucking if lie. I'm hyped, I stay hyped until I see it. You, I don't, I don't get, I don't get scared by the the previews. You, you were hyped for it, man. You should have gone in hyped. I, I thought you were going to say Buzz Lightyear is the movie that's going to turn all around for Rich, all that kind of stuff. Nope, nope. The more I saw it, the more it looked like shit. So I didn't bother. Fair enough. I mean, it's. I did see a hilarious thing. It's a movie about. It's a movie based on a. Um, it's a movie about a toy that was based on a fucking movie about toys or something like it's like because this is the the toy was based on 
this. Yeah, the toys be based on this character, like yeah. this yeah. movie or TV show, whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of clever. But again, it's, yeah, but again, um, probably would have been good to do that maybe again at the height of the Toy Story. That's true. That is a good sort point. Of yeah, that, that is you know, like what well, fucking 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I mean, a longer, younger crowd now might just be like, what the fuck's Buzz Lightyear? Dude, I saw Toy Story 2 in cinemas. I swear to God, it was about 1996. You know what I mean? Like, it was a long fucking time ago that I saw Toy Story 2. Oh, yeah. Um, So, and I enjoyed all the Toy Stories. But I think they also turned off a lot of adult people who were just like, oh, it's not Tim Allen. I'll wait for it yeah, that was a weird decision, like for it not to be Tim Allen as well, because that was so. You know, what was his catchphrase? Yeah. Onward, um, you know, uh, to infinity and beyond. Yeah, the, yeah, that was a great catchphrase. I, I, I think that they could have done a movie that was fun and action packed and still had his voice and stuff. I, I, I don't think there was this desperate need. Well, to- I mean, look at the technology that they've done with voices and making James Earl Jones sound young. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. So anyway, all right. So Rich has completely let the side down there, and he's not going to see Buzz Lightyear. So I'm disappointed. Um, the thing and the 40th anniversary. Did you put this in the news, Rich? Um, yeah, I did. What? What? You can you can read this one out. What's going on with the? I love the thing movie, so, the, the John Carpenter yeah, thing. Yeah, the John Carpenter the thing. They love that movie for the 40th anniversary. Mm. They re-released the movie to uh, cinemas, 730 mm. theaters, mm. and. Less than a week, it cracked the top 10 box office with uh, half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and, and it only came out in the, on the 19th of June. So it's like, a great movie. You know, uh, I think that's actually pretty pretty damn good for an old movie. Oh, it's a fucking great movie. Like, um, I've, I've got it on Blu-ray. I love that movie. I, I love a lot of his movies, like John Carpenter, Escape from New York, uh, Big Trouble in oh, China. I, I actually love The Fog. Fog's a good movie. Fog is a very yeah. good movie. I agree. That doesn't, that doesn't get enough. Uh, is that the uh, one with Jamie Lee Curtis? I think it she's is. in it. Yeah, yeah. She's not yeah. the. She's not the main character. We've had this conversation before, haven't we? We actually have. I've got yeah. deja vu. We had a full conversation about this. Yeah, she's uh, they like made a, a remake of that movie, and it had Tom Welling in it. <laughs> really, I've not seen that. Yeah. The original, The Fog, is a good movie. I agree, very good. Um, I, I like a lot of his movies. I got Prince of Darkness a- recently. Oh, yeah, that's another good one, yeah. I'm actually watching a documentary you should check out called, um, uh, I think it's called Search for Darkness. Mm. Um, it's, it's There's two documentaries, Search of Darkness, In Search of Darkness and In Search of Darkness 2. It's basically just a documentary on, like, um, uh, horror movies, uh-huh. uh, especially, like, 80, 80s horror movies. Cool. So they basically go, like, year by year, so, like, 80, 81, 82, and they interview in, you know, uh, the directors, the actors, mm. writers, all that sort of stuff from all the different types of horror movies and stuff and all that. And, oh, it's a, it's a really enjoyable. It's like three and a half hours long. I'm only halfway through it. What's um, that on? What's but that really on? Um, it's along Amazon or something? Netflix? I think it's on, yeah, it's on Amazon, I think, uh, for like rental and all that. Okay, cool. Search for Darkness. Uh, that it? Search for Darkness, Rich? Sounds good. Sounds a good title. I think it's. Yeah, I think that's called cool. or, or Into the Search of Darkness. I'll have to double check. All right. All right. Uh, I've only watched half of it. Okay, now moving on, Ms. Marvel. I will say this. We've watched three episodes. The lead actress is very likable, and it, actually it isn't too bad. I mean, it's fluffy. 
It's for the sort of high school kids. Um, I really am on the record. Sorry, in, in Search of Darkness, yes. What's it called? In Search of Darkness. Okay. This Ms. Marvel show is not that bad, Rich. I will say that. That's a big call from me, but she actually is quite a likable actress. It's a, actually quite a likable family. I, I got to be honest, I don't mind the show. I'm not saying it's the world's greatest show, but I just don't mind it. We've watched three episodes. I, I know there's a lot of people that like apparently it's got the lowest viewing numbers, but I'm like, but yeah, <laughs> but that's not surprising though because this is made for kids. Like this is made for tweens. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not I'm saying sure it's great. Adults, but... Like, oh, no, no, but I'm. What some people go like, oh, it shows how bad it is. Look, I'm not I'm not here to say whether it's good or bad. I haven't watched it. Mm. But I've just noticed some people, they're like, oh, it's got the lowest viewer numbers. It's the terrible. And it's like, well, that's not a fair assessment because it's not the same yeah. as like Moon Knight and uh, 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 Winter, you know, Falcon and Winter Soul. It's This is for like a much younger. I far prefer it to Moon Knight. Yeah. I far prefer it to Moon, Moon Knight, which I found a chore, frankly, you know? Um. Yeah. Look, you, you I, such a chore. You didn't finish watching it. I know it was a total chore. Did you? You finish watching it though. You you finally did your job and did actually complete the the show. Remember, you did the reviews. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm holding that in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I've got a lot of shit on, man. I had to bail out of something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm piloting yeah, fucking signal. We've all got a lot of shit on, Dave. No, you've you got know, a you've got a you. job. That's not unique to you, buddy. You got a job, man. You got a job, and uh, you you fulfilled your job there, man. You fulfilled your job. It was like contract renewal time. You came in. You, you, I thought you gave a bit extra to the team. Oh, is it is it contract renewal time? Yeah, it's been renewed already because I I did a performance okay. review and I thought your actions on Moon Knight you went above and beyond. There you go. That's so, funny because I didn't, I didn't see it reflected in my pay. No, it was not. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, there might be a lunch down the line for you somewhere, Rich, but, like, yeah, I forget what we're talking about here. But basically, at the end of the day, Ms. Marvel isn't as bad as I thought it would be, basically is what it boils down to. It's okay. Like, it's a bit of a nonsense story and it's a little – It's I quite like the family as well. I quite like her mother. I think she's a good actress and um, it's it's okay. Now, in a recent interview with MTV News, Chris Evans revealed he would love to return to the MCU as the Human Torch. His quote, that would actually be an easier sell to me than coming back as Cap. And I was chatting to a friend of mine at work and she was saying, is it true that there's going to be a new Fantastic Four movie with Chris Evans? And I said, no, he was just joking. But I could imagine – down the track, them doing like an alternate cameo scene with Chris Evans as Human Torch or something. Down the track, I'm, I'm, I mean, down the track, like a second Fantastic Four movie or something. Like, would you agree with me there, Rich? Um, well, I'm sure they could do anything. I mean, they love the the multiverse, so mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, do you think there's any chance that Chris Evans will just play the Human Torch in the new Fantastic Four movie? I, think, I, I personally, I think he's just saying that because he knows that his time as Captain America is done. Yeah, um, yeah, and so he's just like, I've got to get back in somehow. Oh, let me let me float the, let me float the idea of coming back as, as some sort of cameos as as Johnny Storm. Let just me like let, let me yeah, I'll stay in there, fucking zeitgeist, so that you know, the, if the cash comes in. Now, speaking of someone uh, who's been in and out of the zeitgeist, Nathan Fillion, your boy, Rich, uh, quoted that he would work with Joss Whedon again in a second. Um, and he was on the defense for Joss Whedon this week. Nathan Fillion, I mean, very much your man, Rich. What do you say to this? Um, 
Uh, clearly, he's had a very good experience with Josh Whedon. Yeah, but uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, owes a lot of his career to Josh Whedon. But I don't know, Rich. What are you thinking, man? Like, is this a case of could this come back to bite Nathan Fillion? TV's beloved Nathan Fillion, currently in the rookie. Uh, Michelle loves it. Um, I've got to say, I think he looks like he's all cooked out personally, but he's battling on. Uh, could this hurt him, Rich? You know, in 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 terms of audiences who really have turned on Josh Whedon. In the last, like, I'd say, what, five, six years. It's been a few bad years for Joss Whedon, really. Uh, I don't know. Probably shouldn't. I mean, what 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 came out of the whole Josh Whedon thing that he was an asshole? Well, I mean, from memory, obviously cheated on his wife. Uh, there was allegations like, of what was what was the allegations? I forget. Like it was it was it was a lot I mean, of cheating. Most of the allegations I remember was just of him being an absolute douche, and nasty people, to people, people so, made comments I mean, to Gal Gadot. Like he was a bit of a power on a bit of a power trip on the Justice yeah, League yeah, set. You know a lot of people said the same thing about Kubrick. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, but he's no Stanley it's not, Kubrick. It's not, crime, it's, not, it's not a crime to be an asshole. I mean, sure. uh, it's not nice to be an asshole. I certainly don't want to. I myself don't want to interact with ourselves, but I mean, if if that's not the experience that Nathan Fillion's had, well, I mean, good for him, lucky him. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be working with Josh Whedon anytime soon because Josh Josh Whedon won't be working anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's good point. Good point. <laughs> How funny, really, that Josh Whedon went from being the darling of the comic book geek community and now he's been so massively ostracized and exiled like like it's quite the fall from grace like consider i mean i'm sure he's got millions in the bank account but you know what i mean he really was the darling for a good decade i would say and then the second he took that justice league gig it all went south for him didn't it really yeah well that's what i said you've got to be you've got to be very careful with people because a lot of times you know um uh, your the, your loudest advocates are just trying to get you to look somewhere else because of their skeletons in their, sure. in their closet. Oh, I don't trust my, my so-called male feminists. I never have. I really just I just think that that's all bullshit. I've oh, always, that's, the, that's the expression. Never trust the male feminist. I, 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 but I think that's right, frankly. I, I really do believe that. I mean, and I'm not saying you can't advocate and be supportive of women at all, but the ones who are out loud and proud saying that about themselves – I often think they're the guys who are. Well, the expression so many... has come about because of how many so uh, so-called male feminists have been mm. uh, accused of inappropriate behaviour, unwanted behaviour, and all that sort of stuff. And that, that's where the joke comes from. That's where the mm. the, the saying "Don't trust a male feminist" comes from. It has to come from somewhere. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so your boy Nathan Fillion still supporting him? Um, maybe he's hoping of another gig. I, I don't think Joss Whedon will ever get his career back. I, I, I really think it's going to – if he does, it will be another decade or half a decade, you know, maybe in five years. But Yeah, but we also need to get to the point where, you know, people are allowed to have their own opinions and sure. their own thoughts. I mean, you know, That's we true. need to stop this whole like, oh, my God, he said he would work with Josh Whedon. We need to you – know, oh, I don't sure care. I don't give a shit, man. No, I'm not I'm saying you. I'm talking about people in general. Yeah, you're talking about the, like twi- the said, Twitter oh, mob. The Twitter mob is he bringing you know is he bringing the wrath down upon him and all this sort of stuff and I'm like yeah he possibly is but I mean he also shouldn't give a shit either yeah. so well yeah I imagine Nathan Fillion's in a pretty comfortable position right now I mean he's he's been on what was he on what was his show um, Castle 
did like what seven or eight seasons at Castle. He's done at least five or six of the rookie. Plus all his, he's got to be worth a fair chunk of cash. Um, smart with his money. I'm sure he has been rich. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting comment to make, though. Um, but anyway, uh, Netflix lays off 300 more employees, confirms an ad-supported tier is coming. Um, yes, as subscriber losses continue. And so basically they're pitching it. If you think Netflix is too expensive or whatever it is now, I think about 13 bucks a month, that maybe for 8 to 10 bucks you could get it, but you'd have ads. What do you think about that, Rich? Would that be tempting to you? Because I know you tend to cut on and off with Netflix. No, I think they can go fuck themselves. Wow. Okay. What's happened? I'm not paying. Sorry, I'm not paying for ads. I don't care. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. So, well, yeah. Your, your, your subscription should not be that expensive yeah. um, to begin with. That's mm-hmm. absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then to turn and say, oh, we'll charge you slightly less. No, how about this? You give it to me for free and you can play as many ads as you want. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow, way. Yeah, fair enough, man. Well, you made your comments, and I, I guess that'll be reflected on the Netflix board when they bring it up and Signal of Doom's reactions, which is very negative. I hate ads, and, I, and I'm prepared to pay the premium, which is where they, they've fucking got me where they want me. Although I will say this, out of all the streaming services, outside of watching Vikings Valhalla recently with Michelle, I fucking rarely watch Netflix. I honestly... I. And I, why I don't know because they've probably got stuff on there I want to see, but it just is the it's the it's easily the one I watch the least. I watch more Disney Plus and more HBO Max and more Hulu than I watch Netflix. I watch Vikings for Halla with with Michelle, and I swear to God I've barely watched any other Netflix this year. I'm not exaggerating either, Rich. I I watch a, a fair, my main go to is uh, Amazon. Oh uh, yeah, Prime just. Just because it has so much old stuff on there, yeah. There's so many B grade, C grade, uh, old horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I like Amazon Prime just because it has such a plethora of old movies. Gotcha. Fair enough, man. Which that's something Netflix doesn't have. Netflix is yeah. so obsessed with its own. Um, yeah. The only thing that annoys me about Amazon Prime is that they've taken some stuff off there to put onto those extra channels. Yeah. Um, which that's a bit annoying to me, you know, the Paramount Plus and mm. um, uh, and stuff and all that. Although I am, I am tempted to get the Shudder one. I don't know, just to that's just a to that's a, a horror one, isn't it? Horror, is it a horror one? But just yeah, just to have a dedicated horror. And how much is that, Rich? How much is that? Uh, I have to double check. I think it's like an extra five bucks or something. And what's that on? What, what's that? What's that? Is that on Amazon? Yeah, so you can. I think it's slightly cheaper if you connect it with your Amazon. Okay. Like if you get it through, like as just, as just an extra channel. What's it called? Shutter. Shutter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I I've I've I didn't even realize you could get that via Amazon. But see, I I wouldn't mind that. See, Michelle hates horror, but I don't mind a bit of horror. I'm not I'm not into the full on satanic kind, but I love my slasher flicks and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I I like it when it's a bit more fun. Um, I just yeah, I, I love I love eighties horror like yeah. to me like that to me, just like the gold. You know what I game. that was gold like Fright Night and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, I love Fright. Night. Yeah, yeah, so do I. And Lost Boys. Uh, I saw a thing on 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 Twitter. I think recently it was like Lost Boys or Fright Night. Which one would you pick, Rich? Or Fright Night. So I'd pick Lost Boys, but I do like Fright Night. Um, Fright Night is just so more comedic. Like I just love. 
I'm a big fan of also comedy horror. Yeah, but I that's hear. Where, like, horror is still horror. That's not where the comedy comes from. Mm. But it has like funny moments, you know, with mm. um, uh, what's his name, Pay, playing uh, Vincent uh, Peter. Was it? I forget the guy, but yeah, I, I know yeah, it was good. I think he plays. I think the character's name Peter Vincent. You know, mm. where he's the schlocky mm. uh, host and and all that. Um, I think. No, a Fright Night. The original is so much more better than the um, the remake. We tried to go for a much more serious. Which movie. I also enjoyed, though. I thought the remake was actually pretty decent as well. It's not as good as the original, but yeah, like I, I do love a bit of comedy in my horror as well. Yeah. Just because it, it's it's a really it's a weird juxtaposition where you go from laughing to like oh Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, oh my God, that's fucking scary. Um, but no, eighties. I, I love eighties. Um, if you want a good slasher one, I don't know if you've watched um, Sleepaway Camp. No, I haven't. That's a really. That's What's a, it called? Sleepaway cool Camp. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp. All right, I'll, I will. I will. Um, I will check that one out. I also really liked in the very late nineties to early two thousands. There was a real. I guess it came out of Scream. There was a. There was a really big horror. Like I still know what you did last summer and other movies like that. I enjoyed that. That sort of. That slasher thing that it was there was like about four years there where there was quite a lot of that kind of stuff. It was kind of teen horror. Um, do you remember that that period, Rich? It was like late nineties into the early two thousands. Um, yeah, I, that, I kind of had gone as we got closer to the two thousands. I kind of, I, I kind of didn't watch that much horror anymore, right? Just because I never felt like it was as enjoyable i I did like all that stuff though i saw all that kind of stuff um the final destination i think there was one called the skulls yeah yeah. never got into that like i I was loving that you know i I love again i i I do like i like 80 slasher stuff you know obviously jason Mm. uh michael all that sort of stuff like because it's a bit it's like a weird slasher it's like Mm. a supernatural slasher. i did like i remember Um, jennifer love hewitt was in one of those when i was a huge fan of hers oh um, I remember that. I, uh, I, I think it was I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, I, I, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that was it. Yeah, it was good. Um, good stuff, man. Um, speaking of horror kind of stuff, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things is in talks for a Star Wars movie role, Rich. Uh, would you be interested in seeing this actress who's very hot off Stranger Things entering the Star Wars realm? No idea who she is, so I guess. I don't know. You've not seen Stranger Things? She's the main girl. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. you got to keep your finger on the pop, you know, on the fucking pop I culture. I don't pop. care about Star Wars, man. I don't give a crap. You love Star Wars. Wars. It's your whole reason for fucking being rich. Are you kidding? You love no. it so much. No, 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 no. You do. That part of my life is, is gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that chapter of my life has been closed. They've burnt that away, have they? Yeah. They've burnt it all the away. Wow, we. Richard's just staring into the abyss now. There is no more Star Wars. Oh, did you like the Emperor when he turned up at the end of um, Obi Wan? Because I did. Was that played by my guy? I am the Senate. Was that played by him? He did. He did the voice, but it looked like CG. It did, but it was him doing the voice, was it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, it could have been him doing Oh, yes, it was, because I remember his name at the end of the credits, yes. Yes, he's like, Darth Vader. Um, rise. Oh, I love that guy so much. Uh, why don't they do – I've got a fucking idea. I'm going to pitch an idea right now. Why don't – can't we do uh, a TV series about Palpatine, like, as the Emperor? 
like pottering around the Death Star and like in his robes with his Imperial guards, <laughs> like you know, like what? Yeah, just, uh, just watch Robot Chicken. <laughs> oh, really? Isn't there? Yeah, because I do imagine quite the elderly gentleman sort of pottering around. <laughs> like, so the Robot Chicken stuff is fantastic because there's even one scene where they're rebuilding the Death Star. Yeah, and he's in like that office area, and there's some, and he's trying to talk to someone, and there's so much construction, <laughs> and it's just like, and he's like, hey, hey, could you mind? I'm busy, and he's like, oh, we're gonna get this shit done, and blah blah. It's like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know. And then there's the one where Darth Vader calls him to let him know that the first Death Star has been blown up, and he's like, what do you mean it's been blown up? And then like, so if, if you want to get a, a, a I, I love the Star Wars robot chicken stuff. That shit is hilarious. I should check some of that out because I'm sure I'd love that. I've been watching quite a bit of Rick and Morty recently. I love that stuff, man. Fuck, it's funny. I, I find that Rick and Morty, I'll, I'll say this, it's some of my favorite comedy in the last 20 years. I, I It really tickles my funny bone, Rick, Rick and Morty. I'm, I'm, I'm by no means am I up to date on it, but every episode I watch, I just I'm giggling like a schoolgirl. Um, how would you describe the humor in Rick and Morty? It's kind of clever, but also stupid at the same time. Um, it's a weird humor. I, I can't. I almost, I mean, the only way I can describe it for myself is unenjoyable. <laughs> Michelle hates it. Hates it with a passion. She if she sees it, she hates it. So. I, I, I just watch it. But it's kind of pleasurable. It's just a solo I watch. I put it on late at night. I don't hate it. It's just that I just go, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's yeah. not funny. Like, it's a weird humor. Just, it's a strange humor. It's, it's, it is odd. You know, it's, it's very satirical. I'll say that. It's just super satirical. And no holds barred kind of thing, comedy. It's, it, nothing is sacred in Rick and Morty kind of thing, which I like. It's very – it's kind of funny. It's similar – uh, not as this. The show I'm going to mention, Bojack the Horseman or Bojack Horseman, nowhere near as um, a show I also really love. Uh, similar humor, but it's way more dialed up in Rick and Morty. But it's 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 a very cynical kind of humor, um, and I I personally find it very funny. I, it's my kind of cup of tea. I could imagine back in the '90s, I would have been pumping some cones and watching it. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, like it- I, my favorite sort of thing that I just think is is hilarious mm. is uh, which is it's not it's not it's a, it's an older one. But uh, mm. do you remember the the Venture Brothers? I never watched it. I everyone loves it, but I never seen that, it. I love that. That yeah. was because that took all the shit that I grew up with, mm. like Johnny Quest, you know, um, uh, James Bond, Fantastic Four, mm. and it just you know uh, um, um, just made absolute fun of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. This was this was like those things on crack. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. There's there's some good stuff out there. I I I came across a funny thing. Uh, you know, Nerf like Nerf guns. They've got a monstrous new mascot, Murph, who's going to unleash the play in you. And I swear to God, Rich, you have to type it into Google. Murph just looks like something otherworldly, like demonic, almost. Like it's like really, this is your mascot. It's terrifying. Um, and if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen the mascot, I think his name's Gritty, Gritty, and he's like this weird mascot for some hockey team. And they've always got, they've got like memes of a Gritty against capitalism, and people are saying there needs to be a Gritty versus Murph um, like movie because it would be awesome. Um, what is that? That looks ridiculous. It does look so bizarre, doesn't it? It looks just so crazy and fuck. Who in the fucking focus group who thought that was a good idea? 
It's just a bunch of the bullets, though. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, man. Um, this was funny. Christian Bale uh, didn't know what the MCU was, and people were saying, oh, look at this. He's entered the MCU. And I'd go, I've done what? I haven't entered shit. I'm like the MCU. I had to ask what it was. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Christian Bale, completely unaware of what the MCU is as he's playing Gore the God Butcher. Um, he is quite the actor, isn't he? He takes himself rather seriously when it comes to acting. Um, I think it's a bit of an actor. I think he's he's purposely he's, he's yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm above this, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's feigning a bit of ignorance. He, I tell you what, he wasn't ignorant about the paycheck. I'm sure was quite fucking nice, you know. No he, way you could not, like. There's no way in a discussion that you had <laughs> with Kevin Feige or whatever that not once did they use the term MCU with. Him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but also what's hilarious is that like. He did like three Batman movies. It's not like the guy's never done a fucking comic book movie. You know? I know he's a very serious actor and takes it all very seriously, and he's very good. But like, you did do three Batman movies as Batman. Like, are you oh, familiar with DC? What's, what's that dragon movie he was in? Rain of Fire, loved it. Harsh Times, another good one. American Psycho. He's been in a lot of good movies. I, I, I like him a lot. I actually really like him. I, I think he's. I, I actually think he's an excellent actor. Um, this was funny, Rich. Uh, Super Mario movie producer defends the non-Italian Chris Pratt's Mario voice against angry Italians. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but. I, these people who are getting really upset. It is kind of bullshit that Mario is not going to have like the Mario voice. Like, I don't know. Why couldn't they have had an Italian guy with a mustache? Well, why would they need to? They would. They're going to hire a voice actor to an Italian voice actor to do an Italian anyway. What do you mean? When a, when an animated movie gets released in other right. Countries, uh-huh. they actually have other actors re-record the stuff in the native language. Well, first off, I wasn't even aware it was animated. I thought it was live action. Is it animated? Um, yeah, I think it's. I it's, didn't realise. Okay, right. So it's an animated movie that Chris Pratt's. Then that doesn't make any sense to me. So he's just voicing it, but he's not going to do Mario. Like, why? Mario's got a very distinctive. Even, I'm. I'm no Nintendo. Why that he's not going to do a Mario voice. I guess. Yeah, okay. Well, this guy is saying when people hear... Chris, Chris, Pratt, is a good, Chris Pratt is a bit of a goofball. He you is. You don't think he's going to be coming in there going like, it's not me, I'm Mario. <laughs> well, then I, think, I think you're an idiot. Like, well, not you. <laughs> I love it. When people hear Chris Pratt's performance, the criticism will evaporate. That's the yeah, scene. See what he said there? Yeah, the performance. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right, so I didn't realise. I, I actually thought it was live action. Right, okay. So I'm getting confused with the original Mario Brothers movie, which was live action. Remember with Bob Hoskins? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I, that's yeah, where I was getting confused. I thought they were redoing that. Like, okay, yeah, okay. So Chris Pratt could just do yeah that kind of like heavy. What did you think, Seth Rogen? They were going to put him in a Donkey Kong costume. I, I I actually don't know anything about the movie, like so other than Chris Pratt was in it. I just assumed it was like a live action kind of like for fun thing. No, it's Charlie Day is Luigi. Um, it's Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Jack okay. Black, I think, is Bowser. Last time. I when is this was... movie coming out? Because I'm actually looking forward to it. Oh, now. 2023, I think. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I I hope he does an Italian voice. I don't care. I mean, will people really? Will it really be that well, big a deal? I mean, 
Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto in Pinocchio, are people going to be upset that he isn't the nationality of Geppetto? What was Geppetto? I don't even know. Spanish, was he? Geppetto. I think he was Spanish. For some, some, some. Well, it wasn't American. We'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Did you know that the real story of Pinocchio is apparently is like super fucking violent and depressing or something? Like, was it Most you? Most of those ones are. Yeah. Most of those old yeah. um, fables are fucking dark. Yeah, it was dark as fucking hell. Like, I was like, Jesus, like, if they did that, it would be, if they did the real story, it would be like, what the hell? Um, so also, I don't know if you saw this. I put this on the Signal of Doom Facebook uh, page and by the way thank you to our patrons and, and th- those who follow the page please if you listen to the show follow the Facebook page and follow our Twitter do that favour for me and also if you want us to contribute more extra material which I'm happy to do please join the Patreon that that lets me do more of this more Dread or Dead more Legion Outpost more stuff for the listeners now um, meets back on the menu boys um, the first exclusive pictures of the Orcs from Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power have hit, and they look really cool, actually, Rich. They look excellent. Um, I, I think they look as good as the orcs in um, the films. I, I thought they looked fucking awesome, and uh, I'm still I'm holding out hopes for this. And, and you know what, Rich? I can't wait. Season two, the the ship sails in, and what do we see? Some samurais, and Rich has to cough up a lunch. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it won't be happening, so keep looking forward to it. <laughs> um, Warren Ellis uh, returns to writing comics for 2023. I'm kind of over people criticising Warren Ellis. I, I, I honestly think it was all a bit overblown. I really do. I mean, yes, he let the side down. Yes, he was a bad boy, naughty boy, but no one was killed. No one was raped. You know, it's like I, I really think that this – I'm, I'm past I'm past caring. You know what I mean? What do you think, Rich? Uh, yeah, I, I can barely remember the... Yeah, it, it does feel a bit... I also think it's a little... Look, I also think he probably got the smack on the hand that he deserved, frankly, and the humiliation. I, I, I do think deserved, deserved, look, you know? I'm I'm okay. Like, look, you, if you've done something wrong, mm. right, and, and you've had a timeout... Mm. Right, it's not it's not business as usual. The next day, you know, you yeah, get yeah, a little yeah. bit of a okay, game. Well, listen, you're gonna have to go sit in the corner for a while. Yep. You know, we'll we'll come back to you in a little bit, but you should they should still be allowed to come back at some point, as, yeah. as long as it's not something like really egregious. Well, rape, you know I mean? assaulting a woman, raping yeah. a woman, all oh, that, like you know, oh, all that. That's that should, stuff should put, put you in jail. Not yeah. forget about fucking not working in the industry. You should yeah. be going to jail for that. But I'm talking about. Any indiscretion or, or something that's frowned upon that's not, like, jail-worthy, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, you know, yes, there's a timeout period where you go, you know what, you, you've done wrong, go sit in the corner for a little while. Yep. Um, but they should be allowed to come back at some point. I agree. And uh, he's coming back. And, uh, you know, I get his newsletter. Oh, I've, I've loved a lot of Warren Ellis' work. I won't, I won't lie. I, I, I think he's authority, he's planetary. And he's transmetropolitan. Just those three things are some of the strongest stuff I've ever read in comics. Honestly, you know, he's done other stuff that I'm not as big a fan of, but just those three things alone is a lot more than most people ever do in a lifetime, one of them. So anyway, uh, what about this? Um, Craven the Hunter star Aaron Taylor Johnson says the film is shot entirely on location, meaning it won't be filmed in a studio setting at all, unlike the majority of Marvel movies. Also, Richard... 
Craven will be an animal lover and protector of the natural world and not a villain, according to Taylor Johnson. Uh, this is quite a different Craven from Craven the Hunter. <laughs> well, you know, this is this is twenty twenty two now where we can't have villains, right? Every villain is a hero. Uh, Cruella, Black Adam, Craven, you know, there's no villains anymore. Everyone's just a hero in the making. Oh my god, it's just like but like Craven, the hunter who hunted things around the world until he went to his ultimate prey, which was Spider-Man. That was basically the you fucking know, he, story. He respected the danger of of uh, animals, but I don't mm. think he gave a fuck about preserving. He literally had a house that was filled with, like, his trophies of dead animals, you know, like, anyway. But he was just preserving their likeness, you know. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. That sounds so lame. Can I just say that? I, I love Craven, and I'm like, really? Like, really, Sony? This is what you're doing? Uh, HarperCollins have announced a new Tolkien publication, something I'm looking forward to, The Fall of Numenor, um, edited by well-known Tolkien expert Brian Sibling. The book collects together J.R.R. Tolkien's writings of the Second Age. Um, this obviously ties a lot into the uh, Rings of Power uh, because that's literally the period. Uh, this book brings together many of Tolkien's writings, uses a tale of years in the appendices of Lord of the Rings in order to present the content in an order and style that works well for readers. This convenient st- volume will tell the story from the foundations of Numenor, the forging of the rings, and the last alliance against Sauron that ended the Second Age. Um, he's gone through the entire published works by Tolkien, provided new introductions and commentaries to bring all the pieces of Tolkien's original content together. The book also comes with 11 cover, colour images, 10 in the cover, and dozens of pencil sketches by renowned token artist Alan Lee. Entirely new artwork that has been described as Lee's best work yet. The book is due out in hardcover and deluxe on 10th of November 2022. Conveniently timed to coincide with The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, which is being released this September, and which is also set in the Second Age. This autumn will also see new editions of The Cimmerillion and Complete Guide to Middle-Earth. Um... Interesting, very interesting to hardcore Tolkien fans like myself, who I know a lot of the Second Age because I read all the stuff Tolkien put out on it. Um, this feels like it's going to be more stuff. Rich, for you, I know you're not as um, deep into it. Um, would this encourage you to pick this book up and, and, and give it a leaf through? Probably not. Come on, Richard. I mean, really, that's it. After my huge fucking news item on it, you're like, probably not. That's your response. Why? Not good enough? Yeah, not good enough? Tolkien not. not good enough? Um, Man, the man built a world, Rich. He built a world. He did. Uh, it's yeah. a world I don't really frequent or really, you know, <laughs> holiday in. Um, but, I mean, this is good, I guess, if you're a fan or even if maybe you're a new fan. Yeah. Um, well, stuff, dude, I can't get uh, enough of the second age. I used to sit at home. And I used to read through, they have all the kings of Numenor like listed with descriptions of their stuff, and I would read it through like it was history. You know what I mean? I was so deep into it. I don't think teenage me realised it wasn't real. I thought it was real. And I was on those ships, man, you know what I mean, to those distant ports. I was going to say, adult you has a difficult time <laughs> certainly what's real. Not, so. <laughs> yeah, that little joke of yours there is a little... Uh, you know, a little unnecessary, some would say. But but regardless, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna fucking buy it. Let's face it. I'm buying this I'm buying this fucking book. 
I oh, need look, I, if you are a massive fan, and even if you're an old fan or a new fan, I'm sure this is a, a, an, another great addition to, you know, the collection and the works and all that sort the of stuff. The Talcum Library. I, mean, I think it's good. I, de- I definitely think it's good for for old and new fans. Um, and we're going to go week to week on the show, man. It so It just doesn't light any, you know, fire in. Mm. In belly or anything, so. But Rich, you and I are going to go week to week on the show Rings of Power in yeah, depth. I'm going to go. I'm going to go week to week as best I can. We're going to do. Forget about best you can. We're going in deep on this one. I, I'm going to. We're going to like go through the events. So you're going to be needed for that because you know I have a hard time remembering stuff. We're going to go into themes. We're going to speculation. It's going to be in depth. You know what I mean. So maybe you're going to have to hit this book just to get some sort of grasp on what's going on. Some of the terms and names being thrown out there, you know? Fuck, fuck, man. <laughs> Will you like it when I start speculating? That would be fun. <laughs> Mate, uh, the, the amount of terrible shit I have to watch for this show. <laughs> you don't have to watch Ms. Marvel. I gave you that pass. You don't have to watch that. I'm watching uh, that. You, you ha- you're making me watch fucking the terrible Wheel of Time. The, <laughs> this, this new, I'm sure that I am predicting will be terrible Amazon Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, you know, but stuff like that I really fucking enjoyed, like like you know, what? Reacher. You know, no, let's not, you know, let's not watch the good shit for the show. You know what I mean? Let's just watch the terrible, terrible shit for the show. You forced me to watch this Obi Wan crap. And, well, it's over now. Uh, it's over now, Richard. Oh yeah, you're gonna. If there's a season two, you're gonna force me to watch that shit too. So definitely. You know. All right. I, I think I take a lot of punishment for this. You show. do take a fair bit of punishment, but that. But Rich, that's why you're a valued member of the team. That's why you get a free lunch every now and then thrown your way. You know, like. Yeah, we could well, get. We need to start up in those fucking free lunches. Maybe we could get a girl over there to massage your, you know, your shoulders as you're recording to relax you down a little bit because you're getting a bit heated over I, there, big guy. There's, there's no, there's no massage that will uh, eliminate the shit that I have to wash from my brain. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's stuck there, unfortunately. You and have the unfortunate, now, you yeah. have the unfortunate thing when you watch these shows. Usually, you're responsible for remembering what happened because I have a hard time remembering what happened all the time. All right, uh, Final Fantasy 16 is an open world so that it can have a global scale, according to the producer. The story covers too much ground for an open world to handle, he said. I mean, what world is this fucking guy in? Like, what do you, what do you say to this, Rich? It sounds like he just doesn't want to do... What do they call it? He wants a game with rails. Isn't that what they say? Um, That's fine. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. I knew you'd like it because you hate all my open world games. <laughs> Well, everything doesn't have to be open world. I mean, um, I love it. Sometimes a good a good story with some good set pieces and sure. you know, good action is is all you need. You don't have to be it's like, true. oh, Christ, let me go run all the way over there for an hour so I can climb a tower and mm. then go and collect five bags of this and kill ten I of this. Like and, I do like that. Know, I do like that stuff. Dig a hole, yeah. No, <laughs> you don't need that in every game. So. Like it's like when they get down to like you've got to collect all the different part, flowers and stuff for the potions. It's like, fuck. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> well, like Uncharted's a great example. That's a game that's completely linear and a hell of a lot of fun, the Uncharted series yeah. in general, you know? Like, and again, I'm not against open. I mean, again, I just finished playing Elden Ring and all that, so I'm mm. not opposed to it, but I'm just saying I, not every game has to be that. True, Richard. I will agree with you on and that. And especially point. if you're telling something a little bit more story driven, because you know there's nothing, 
there's nothing more stupid to me in an open world game where they're like, we need you to go over there and rescue so-and-so who's pivotal to the party. You go, nah, I'm just going to go run over and for six hours. <laughs> that, and you know that's what I do. That's you exactly know, what I do. And, and I just kind of feel like, you know, if you've got a very important, you know, uh, story where you need the beats to happen, mm. you know, in, in a relative, like, time frame, then it can't be open world because, yeah, you'll you'll forget what the story is. And that's exactly what happens with me. That's exactly what happens with me. That's exactly what happens with me. It's like it's like the storyline of GTA. Uh, I think it was four. I never knew what was happening because I'd forgotten the story because I'd played so many side missions, and I was like, I don't even remember what I'm doing. Um, okay, Amazon. Well, that's, ha- that's why I think Elden Ring doesn't even bother to really give you a story because they're like, you're not going to remember this shit. No, no, just, yeah, they don't. Just go kill bosses. Exactly. Uh, Amazon has developed a way for Alexia to replicate the speech of a dead relative based on less than a minute of recorded audio of the original person. So I told Michelle that if I could get a couple of minutes audio for her, if she if she unfortunately died, I could have her as my assistant. I said, would you like to be my assistant for the rest of your life? She's like, no, I'd like to be the boss. I go, no, you'd be the assistant. I'd be like, hey, Michelle, go do this, go do that. Like, you know, it's like how I boss Siri around. I love bossing Siri around. I'm so bossy with Siri. Uh, when I'm in the car and stuff, I'm constantly. So what bossed. you're saying is that you want to you want to boss Michelle around after her death. After her death, yeah, like to remember her, you to remember her because <laughs> <work. laughs> you can't do it now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so that's there's that man. Would you like? Would you do it for me, Rich? Would you want me if I if if, if the tragedy of tragedies? You know, I was massive. I don't need it. I, I'll just listen to the the library of podcasts. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, shopping with the gang, Rich. Uh, there's a few big ones out next week. The 100 Bullets on one of us 2, Volume 2, the hardcover. I think that might actually be the final volume of that. Um, I've got Volume 1. It's fucking massive, Volume 1. I've got to be honest. Frankly, it hurts my back to even pick the thing up. Um, great series, 100 Bullets. Also, The Question by uh, Denny O'Neill and Dennis Cowan on one of us, um, which covers the full run that Denny O'Neill did. Uh, plus, I even think the Blackest Night issue um, that came out and a couple of, you know, there was the there was the Blackest Night issue they did, you know, when they brought back dead characters and stuff. Remember they did that and a lot of series had a sort of like a was bookended. Um, you remember that, Rich, from your Blackest Night days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it covers all that stuff. So that, that element is coming out. I'm actually getting that. And also next week, which we'll do in weekly comics, Venom Lethal Protector 3 is coming out and Wolverine Patch 3 is coming out. So we'll do both of those in weekly comics next week. So there's a lot to look forward to, Rich. You must be very excited. Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, come on. I mean, really, like... It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a lot, but sure. <laughs> Children at night in the glow of 
Weekly Comics, Rich. Uh, first one up, I think we had different reactions for. We did Dark Crisis, Young Justice 1. Now, I will say this. I was a big Young Justice reader. I collected it in floppies at the time. Not from the start, but like, you know, I, when I came in, as always, like halfway through, loved it. Um, I really thought this was a fun issue. Um, I gave it 7.5 oh. out of 10. Okay. Okay. Fun's not the word I would use to describe this. I thought it was pretty dour, boring, mm. serious. Yeah, but it was I kind would, of fun seeing everyone together. But it was kind of cool seeing everyone back together again and Connor was in his classic costume, which was a lot better than I think than he's been in ages. Like he seems to have really reverted back um, to how he was back in the 90s here, at least anyway. What I remember of Superboy, this is what I remember. I know that he changed and became a different character, but he seems to have reverted back um, to his 90s incarnation here in terms of look. Uh, that's, That's Bendis. Is it? Well, Bendis did something right at last. And, um, yeah, look, I don't know. I Look, I, I enjoyed it is all I can say. I, I gave it 7.5 out of 10. I also thought the art was good. Um, what did you think, Rich? You're killing me. What's that? I thought the art was uninspired, Uh-oh. stiff, boring, <laughs> amateurish. Oh, dear. I thought the story was <laughs> lackluster, boring, <laughs> dour. <laughs> And none of the fun of the original Young Justice. Zero. Zero of the fun of the original Young Justice. Well, I will agree with you there. It definitely wasn't the madcap fun of the original Young Justice. But I did like seeing everyone back together. It was kind of like, remember Young Justice? Here's all the same people, but we're doing a really serious thing. But the, the Justice League has died, which is literally all their father figures and, you know, mother figures, etc. So that is sort of sad. And, and, all, and all Cassie can do is just whine about uh, how it affects her. Well, she's kind of like the POV character here, Rich, you know, and she's... A whiny POV character. Can I ask a question? Remind me about Arrowette. Uh, why is Arrowette so disconnected from the whole thing? Because I remember her being like a linchpin of the team. I can't remember. I think it was something to do with her sister or something like that where she okay. gave up. Right. Okay. Well... I don't know. Look, I've got a lot of sentiment for the original, um, you know, books, and I've got the five trade paperbacks they put up about from it. Now, I did find it weird that they didn't have Peter David doing it with the artist because there was a very distinctive art style on Young Justice, which I always liked. So this was not done by the original team, which is a bit of a shame. But I don't know. I I enjoyed. It. I gave seven point five out of ten. What are you giving it, Rich? Fair enough. Um, what have we got next? Then we've got Punisher War Journal Blitz, one shot. I mean, I thought this was very solid. Seven out of ten. I look honestly didn't um have any real complaints. I mean, obviously you've got to buy into the thing that Punisher's working for the hand, but I can accept that for the storyline and he's doing it for you know his own reasons. I'm kind of into this. I I know it's kind of crazy. And sort of a lot of Punisher fans might be like, Dave, are you insane? Like, But I'm kind of digging it. Like, It's good to see Punisher being a badass. Um, I am a bit disconcerted that he's working with the hand, but I, I like the storyline and the way he threw the guy to the polar bears at the end. Um, was the guy trying to kill himself, Rich, when he said when he had the pills? Yeah, yeah he was. Mm-hmm. But Punisher grabbed him before he could take the pill, didn't he? No, he chopped his arm off. 
Ah, right. Okay. Um, with yeah. his ninja sword, with his katana. With his katana. I gave because, it 7 out of 10. Because Frank Castle is a ninja now. He's a ninja now. That's right. Um, which I don't mind. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm kind of digging it, man. And, like, if you're reading the Punisher uh, ongoing that Jason Aaron's doing, uh, the the next thing that they're going to resurrect is the kids. So already um, they've resurrected uh, Maria, but she's getting, um, how can you say, she, she wanted to leave. She was getting frantic, wondering where the kids were. So she's sort of half aware that something, because she hasn't got that much energy. She's Even though she's alive, she's not like fully energized. She's kind of more almost bed bound um, with Frank and stuff. So it's, 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 she's not like 100% like fully normal or anything. So, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's I, I view it as a side adventure of Punisher. I, I I'm kind of digging it. Um, what did you think of this issue, Rich? Uh, it's not terrible. I mean, if you actually take out the ninja stuff, it is um, uh, quite Frank Castleish. Yeah, um, which, which is nice. It's just basically about him taking out a a warmonger, basically. Um, uh, so I, I'd give it about a. I give it a seven out of ten. I mean, I, I'm still not a massive fan of the um, the ninja thing, but yeah. at, at least what he was doing was very Frank Castle. Yeah, um, even exactly. though it was weird seeing him like jump around like a ninja, which was a bit weird. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but seven out of ten is where I am as well. I, I think it's interesting, and I think they've got another one coming out soon too. So there's another. I'm enjoying these Punisher War Journal one shots, and um, certainly it's all a lot better than I had feared. I feared it was going to be a lot worse than this. The whole Punisher working for um the hand, but I I don't think it's too bad. I, I I'm interested. Now I will probably get the hardcover when it comes out to collect it all. Um. Uh, well, I mean, it's only one issue. Just don't, don't don't jump ahead. No, no, no. I mean, like the if they collect the whole the hand saga together is what I'm saying. If they collect Jason oh, Aaron's okay. run and these one shots together, I will probably get the hardcover, which I haven't for all the more recent Punisher stuff. Obviously, all the classic stuff I've all got in hardcovers and very well collected. But I'm a little bit more picky with some of the more recent stuff post Ennis. Um, but seven out of ten, I think, is a fairly fair score. Now, uh, then, new Fantastic Four. We had lunch, and I said to you, I was actually worried if this could even at all match up to where my anticipation level was for this book. I expected so much of this book, and I got to be honest, I thought it was found wanting. Um, I can't give it more than a six out of ten. I'm still going to read the whole thing, but. I thought it was kind of almost amateur in, in the setup. Like, it was so sort of mechanical and just non-organic. And I don't know, I just didn't think that they captured it at all. And the way they transported everyone away so that it was just Ghost Rider facing the guy. I, got to be honest, I expected a lot more from this issue. Was I expecting too much, Rich? You, knew, you know how hot I was on this book. Probably because I was expecting a lot less and mm. was slightly more okay with the book. Yeah. But okay. again, I came in with much, much lower expectations. I actually thought the art was actually, um, I, I thought it was a, 
it was a good attempt at someone trying to almost mimic the Art Adams. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Art, and so I think the, the color could have been a bit better. I did feel like the color was a little bit dull. Mm. I, I think they could have spruced the color up a little bit, but I think the art itself, as in the the inker and the the penciler, mm. um, really did a good job of like making it feel like a bit more Art Adamsy, uh, which was nice. I mean, you 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 can say that the story. I don't know if it's it's probably a bit of a slow start, but I mean I do like that they're dealing with demons, mm. um, and I like that there's something that's drawing them all together. Like mm. they all just have the same thought of like you know get the band back together, and they're all a bit like oh, that's a bit concerning. Why are we all yeah why are we what's all drawing this? us yeah. together kind of um um and I like that they kind of all get teleported away, and then like Ghost Rider's left <laughs> by himself to deal with all the demons and stuff. Like I think it's a it's a slow start, but I feel like it's a good start. Okay. I yeah. don't. I, I wouldn't say it's great. Like, this is another one. I'll give it about a 6.5 mm. out of 10, um, leaning more towards, like, a 7, just because I think it's it's a lot better than some of the other shit I've read lately. Sure. Um, if you were, like, a massive fan and if you hyped it up in your head too much, then I, did. I could probably say it is maybe not going to live up to that. But as, as, as I said, as someone who almost wrote it off from the start saying, I'm sure it's going to be absolute dog shit. Yeah. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised that it was decent. Okay. Um, you know, um, right. and I'm, I'm actually interested to see where it goes. Um, um, just to see what the plan is for the characters. Cause it wasn't actually terrible. Like, again, it's not the greatest thing either that I've read. I'm not saying that. Mm. I mean, six, it certainly wasn't terrible. I, I mean, I, I, I'm giving it a six. I just, I didn't like the, the, the art on Wolverine on his hairstyle, I thought it looked stupid. Um, personally, you know, that was just one of my concerns. Let me tell you something. Wolverine's hair is actually very hard to draw without making it look stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you completely. Yeah. Yeah, it is odd. But 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 this guy went the really old school approach and I thought it just looked a bit dumb. I, I guess part, part of it for me was I, I think it'll read better collected. I've really got that feeling, you know. Um, I just, I just had a, you know, I just they, had that. They feeling. do write for the trades these days, so yeah, true, true. And maybe that's partly where I'm sort of a bit more dubious on it, but maybe I need to give it that extra sort of leeway, you know. Like I, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on it, kind of thing. Is is what I'm trying to say? As I said, it's that's why I always it's always better to go with low expectations because. Mm. There's only really up to go from there, yeah. unless they really fuck it up somehow. But um, you know, but that's why I say you know, you know um, you're a hype man, Dave, and mm. you know, to sometimes to your detriment. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, it, it's just that like what what gets me about it when I'm just sitting here, you know, just chilling like fucking Bob Dylan, and I'm like, man, Wolverine, Spider Man, Ghost Rider, Hulk, just icons all together and i'm like yeah man i could just read this forever if that was the four of them together you know like why can't that be always the fantastic four is is, is kind of where my brain goes and i'm just like i, I i'm like we're on, we're restricted to five issues i could go 20 30 50 issues of these guys together you know and it's just like i read one and i'm like man i feel like i'm being fed, fed crumbs i need more peter david you know, well, um, what you know? Where look, am I? But you, uh, no, but you. Uh, 
See, it's also difficult because um, we've all been conditioned mm. on the Netflix model. Sure. Right? When you read so many trades, mm. like when you're collecting and you're reading trades, mm-hmm. and like with Netflix, you would watch an entire fucking season in one sitting. Yeah. Now when you go back to that model of the drip feed once a month. Yeah. It does you you yeah, you you're like, oh I want more. Like I want to feel like and it's like, yeah, but that's how it used to be, you know, yeah. when yeah. before yeah. they like really did the whole trade stuff and you know and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean even even like if you re enjoying a really good show, having to wait once a week. Yeah, man. Can be quite difficult. Well, it's like back in the eighties. Back in the yeah, back in the eighties, man. I you Magnum PI. I was all about it. And A Team, and I would have to wait a week, and it was a big fucking moment that you built up to in your Mm. mind for that Saturday night, you know. And God forbid you miss an episode because who knows when you'll get a chance. Oh yeah, there was there was was there was no DVDs. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. If you didn't capture it, and and yeah, I agree. And it wasn't even really until the 90s that they sort of sold the videos, the VCRs, you know? Oh, yeah, when when you could start recording, Mm. you know, setting the the VCR to record a show that while you were away and all that. So I'm just saying, like, we are a bit spoiled Mm. in the sense that we've just gotten so used to, like, mass consuming, like, a massive trade or a season, you know? Like, it was really nice when, when Jack Reacher came, or the Reacher show came out, that I could just sit there and watch it in one sitting, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, boof. And then I actually want to watch that too. Jack Reacher, it's on Amazon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I should re- I should watch that because I actually would like that. And and you know what? There's actually a Chris Pratt show um, mm-hmm. series that's coming out that looks really really good that I want to watch as well. Okay. Um, uh, shit, what's it called? It's called something list. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm he, he basically he plays a, a a soldier who's out to get revenge on the people who's responsible for the death of his entire unit. Right. Okay. Um, trying to remember what it's called. There's a trailer for it because I don't think it comes out till August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks really good. Like, okay. it's, yeah, it's my kind of movie. I love military movies. Um, you know, I'm a big sucker for like m- just military movies. And again, I like Chris Pratt enough that I won't watch him in anything. Mm. Like, I won't watch a Jurassic Park. <laughs> He's and I won't watch Passenger and all that mm. sort of shit. But <laughs> if he's in a movie that I'm I'm keen to watch, I'll definitely watch it if he's in it. And yeah, um, and it looks good. It looks really good. I watched the trailer for it and I was like, mm, this looks my like my kind of show. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's in August. Okay. And what's it called? I'll have to look it up. Okay, um, but it's a military kind of thing. Chris Pratt. Okay, cool. But I, I will make an attempt uh, by next episode to have watched at least one or two episodes of um the Amazon Jack Reacher show, Rich. Oh, the the terminal list. Okay. And is this Amazon Jack Reacher thing? It's just one season so far? Is it like twelve episodes? So or far something? it's just once uh, eight or ten, something okay, like that. Okay, so it's not too many. So yeah, I am gonna I'll make an effort to watch it because I do like Jack Reacher, so I, I'd be down for that for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably enjoy it because I've read a couple of the books I, and, and I dig the character. I, I actually think the character's a cool character. So, okay. So, um, what oh, did, actually, it's coming out 1st of July. Never mind. Hey, that's fantastic. Okay. It's a week away. All right. So, what did you give this um, this this particular this particular 6.5? Um, and I gave it six. All right. Fair enough. Uh, now we're coming to the trade of the week, which was Telos, which was your pick, Rich, uh, Michael Ringo, and what's the other guy's name? And can you give listeners the kind of pitch for this? Because I found this a really beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful uh, book to read. It almost felt like a video game come to life uh, in a weird way. Um, the story was it was a bit higgledy piggledy, but I I got to be honest, I I I really found this was a visual was, treat. Yeah, so it was by Todd Desago, Desago, who did a lot of Spider Man in the nineties. I can tell you that much. Yeah. And uh, Michael Ringo. Now, mm-hmm. later in the series, I believe Michael Ringo is listed as a writer as well. Gotcha. Artist right. writer. So yep. um, I don't know if that was like a, oh, hey, I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Well, and that often or, happens with creator owned books. They often yeah. start working together on um, the plots. You know? Oh, my God. Like, if you just buy this book just to look at the pictures, mm. it's money like well spent. I agree. The story is a little bit, um, what's the word? Mm-mm. Jumbled? Half-baked. Yeah, um, yeah, or jumbled not, not, not even. Fully cooked. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not fully cooked. There's an idea there, mm. um, and it's an interesting idea because it's basically like a world. Um, it's almost like um, uh, commandy, but as a fantasy, yeah, sort of thing where it's a lot of like um, an, an anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, you know, uh, like uh, yes, tiger I, men, frog yeah. men. Lizard men, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, you um, know what a game it reminded me of? Ever play and just in terms of the visual, it was so visually heavy. Ever played a game called Kingdom Kingdom of Amula, I think it's called. Kingdoms of Amula. Oh, Kingdoms of Amula. Yeah, I loved that game, but part of the reason I loved it was it just looked so good. And it was a mm. it was a really visually heavy game. This is a really like all comics, comics is a visual medium. I understand that, Rich, as an artist, you'll grasp that completely. But more than most, just the colours and the sheer brilliance and vibrancy of the artwork, it really overshadowed everything else in the book. And the story was sort of a mixture of cluttered and super basic. <laughs> like It was almost like a video game story. And by that I mean like a video game, like a Mario Brothers, like for quite a simplistic story, but also it was quite cluttered and it was a bit all over the place. It was it was odd, but I I I have to say that Michael Ringo really drew his heart out here. The, I I think the, the another issue with the story I think um, is I think they didn't think the. Sh- I don't know if they thought that like it wasn't going to go on for that long. Mm. And so the story also does feel a little bit rushed. Mm-hmm. Like the story I think needed a bit more, like when things were revealed or things were moving, I think, because everything does happen at a breakneck pace. Mm. That, it's, that it's quite hard to even know like what the hell's going on again? Like why, you know, um, it's like there's this ticking timer that you can't see. That the book has well, to be done. Give, in like give 10, listeners, you know I mean? give listeners the sort of pitch of the story that, as you understand it. Yes, yeah, so it's basically like it's the it's this world of Telos, and um, I believe now, if I remember correctly, from because I haven't reread the whole thing, mm. but it's it's I believe it's actually it's a boy's dream. Ah, really? Um, I, I believe it's like a boy's really? in a coma or something. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow, I did not and see like that coming. And, like, the villain is – is the villain his brother or his neighbour or something? It's kind of – I'm not that far into it. I've read up to eight, issue eight, and it's almost like I thought yeah. it was, like, his twin self or something is what I assume because it looks like yeah, a dark so version of him. Yeah, it's a fantasy world where this kid is, like, the hero, he's the chosen one, 
He's the savior. Um, he's you know the 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 bringer of light because mm. of this amulet. So mm. there's a dark god and like a light god, and the light god is trapped in this amulet, mm. and darkness has returned. And so there's a chosen one that can wield the amulet, mm -hmm. um, uh, and and stuff and all that. So um, you know, and it's got like elves, and it's got uh, as I said, anthropomorphic animals. Um, you know, there's these two side characters, Hawk and Rick. The fox. I think it is. And, yeah. and Rick is like a little fox who keeps getting them into like way too much trouble than they they can handle. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and there's the uh, the, the pirate lady um, with a heart of gold um, and, and that sort of stuff. So um, I, I won't reveal too much more into it because there is a couple of reveals. But I do believe that I, I don't know if Michael Ringo actually even finished this. Mm. Um, he may have, I can't remember if he passed away. Well, when did Marco Ringo die? It would have been uh, around 2002, three, wasn't it? Because yeah, I do remember the last issue. Was it the last issue? It wasn't his art. Right. Okay. I see. Um, so he may have, lost two issues. he may have passed but away. At some point, I think in, at some point by like issue. He died in 2007 of a, of a sudden heart yeah. attack. I think the last couple of issues are not done by him. Right. Okay. Um, and then they never continued with the, the thing and all that. So, uh, yeah. Um, so unfortunately it is one of those, um, um, battle chaser scenarios mm. where it's a really interesting series. And uh, if it could have gone a little bit longer and, and, and expounded a bit more and all that sort of stuff, um, could have been very interesting mm. uh but again it was short-lived and all that at least you know i'm gonna say as an excuse but at least you know michael ringo died whereas uh joe mad just <laughs> couldn't fucking draw well it seems like yeah. it seems like i'm reading here that it ran from 1999 to 2010 issues the last three issues were released by Guerrilla comics a short-lived image imprint co-founded by ringo and several other creators in 2000 Following the demise of the series, Waringo also penciled one 13-page story in a post-series one-shot Telos Maiden Voyage. So it seems like I, I think that maybe the demand wasn't there because they were definitely trying to make it a big thing. It was There was a lot of talk about the web page, about the community. Like, they were really... I did get the feeling that both of these guys, the writer and artist, really were trying hard to make this thing, Telos, happen. You know, like, there was a lot of enthusiasm. I think... I honestly, and I hate to say this, I think that the artwork is is just so good, but the story is sort of it's it, it, you know it's video gaming in a simplistic video game way, like how video games were in the eighties, for example. It's it's definitely a video, like an RPG, yes, uh, fantasy RPG story, but without the fun uh, gameplay. Yeah, exactly, and. I can see what they were trying to do, though. It's a noble attempt. Like honestly, I, I actually credit them for the, the their attempt. Like they're, they're they're really trying here, and it's unfortunate with comic books they're expensive to make. You know what I mean? And they, they would have sunk a lot of time into it. Like it's it's not only expensive; it's it's time expensive. And Mike Ringo. Oh. Mike Ringo was definitely not phoning this in. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. Jesus, yeah. man, this is this would this would have been like his his Lord of the Rings for him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 
And I know. And it's kind of a shame that it didn't go because so many things that are nowhere near as ambitious as this do land. Um, but hey, at least they gave it a shot, and and I enjoyed it. Like I, I genuinely, I'm, I, I've read eight issues of it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah, you, you know, and I'm sort of sad that it's going to go away because, like, when I see that tiger, and like the 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 woman Sarah, and I just see like the sheer amount of like locations they do, like all the flying cities and stuff, like and flying ships. It's cool stuff, you know. There's a lot going oh, on. Yeah, it's it's there's a part of me that wishes that they would actually make like a Talos video game. Hundred percent. If they if they could get some if they could make a game in this style, you know, you, you know, just like they did with the battle, like you know, they did with Battle Chasers and yes. uh, and Darkstalkers and all that sort of stuff, where they basically took the Joe Mad style mm-hmm. and 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 you and made a game in that style. I would love for them to make a a an. Uh, even like an RPG, yeah, hundred percent, or even like a a fun little action adventure game with this art style in that world, hundred percent. Because it's 100%. a really beautiful world. That world is so imaginative. It's 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 so full of wonder. But yes, I do agree. It I don't want to say it needed a better writer because you know it's not like this guy is some amateur. But I I think it needed a better writer in terms of writing fantasy. Mm. Yeah, I, I also think the problem with creating, and I, speaking as someone who who did a trilogy, and the first book, there, there's just so much you want to put in when you build a world, and a writer can get very enthusiastic to try to cram as much in as possible, Rich, and kind of clutter the story up because you're so eager to show the, the public and the reader this world you've built. And that's kind of what this is. Like, it's everything all at once, all the time. And you, you sort of, like, don't have a chance to breathe. And, and Yeah, and, it, it does yeah. It does hit you, one like, one after the other, one after the other. And that's what I said. I think some moments, some revelations needed some time to breathe. Mm. Yeah. You know, to, to just, like, let it sit there for a bit, let, it, let your mind take it in a bit before mm. you... You, you you move on sort of thing because as I said it happens at a pretty breakneck pace. It does, it does. No, it's 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 nonstop the whole way. Imagine and, like yeah. imagine like Lord of the Rings told in one movie. Hundred <laughs> percent, yeah, hundred percent. That's and that's what that's what it feels like. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, and we got to rush through this thing, and we're gonna go hard, and we're gonna kind of show you a lot of shit as well. We're not gonna cut too much out, but we're just gonna keep it moving real fast, and. You know, at points it's kind of hilarious when she's like, "I've only just met you, but I really love you guys." <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. And when you're doing that, that's—I mean, I don't mean to make fun of it, but when you when you're doing that, you're almost admitting to yourself, like, "We are fucking moving fast here." Look, I I'm really glad to have read, it, and I'm going to finish reading it. So I've read eight issues, and I'm going to finish the whole thing. I've got it all on my iPad. Um, and it's fun. Like I'm gonna give it a seven, and I and honestly, I could be argued higher. Do you know what I mean? Like I, the art is ten. Really, it is. I I think the art is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah. I like this is some of my and Mike Ringo's done a lot of good work, but this is like his best. This is like this is my favorite. Before this, I've I've loved a lot of Mike Ringo art in my time. Um, I think he's excellent. Always, always liked Mike Ringo's artwork, actually. Um, but this is my favourite. And actually, it's a bit different 
than what I remember. It's it's more um, fantasy cartoony, and it's, that's obviously deliberate. Um, well, that's what I said. Like yeah. this is that this is that cartoony, but it has high amounts of detail in it. Hundred percent. It's it's brilliant. There's, there's no detail that's missing. You know, like there's there's markings on the belts. There's marking on the the chains. Mm. You know, it's not just cartoony, as I said, where it's lacking detail. It's cartoony with high detail. Oh, yeah. No, no seriously. If I was a um. I occasionally buy books like The Art of Assassin's Creed or The Art of This or Art of That. Like, I, I like those kind of books. Um, I think The Art of Telos would be a fantastic hardcover book to have. And that might sound weird because you're like, well, yeah, of course, the actual um, story is art in itself. But just the artwork alone is is brilliant. Like, it's brilliant. Like, it's, it's honestly like the best version of an animated movie I could imagine except told in comics. And I could so easily see this being made into, if they could animate this storyline into a movie. Um, oh yeah, but in that art style, like, like style, uh, yeah. DC used to do, yeah, like Warner Brothers used to do back in the day when they would, uh, um, you know, like Public Enemies and yeah, yeah, and all that. When they did the movie in the style that the comic was done in, yeah. And if if, if someone could do like uh, yeah, Talos animated movie or something like that, or mm. even animated series. Mm. That's the thing. You know, that amazes me. Like, all these streaming services are looking for content. Mm. And yet there's something like this where, yes, it needs a bit of tweaking, right? And, and you could actually do it as a series, you mm. know, maybe a couple of seasons where you maybe go, okay, let's, let's space it out a little bit. Let's, you know, let's add in a little bit more and, and, and draw it out a little. But this could make a fantastic, like, streaming uh, animated series. Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I, I just wish, I kind of wish they'd done more um, issues, you know. But it would have been driven by the sales, you know, and um, and kind of like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Like it was still sort of like the industry was in a tender place, and they're an image, and they would have been pouring a lot of their own time and money into this. Rich, you know. So I, and he was in demand oh, yeah, as an yeah, artist, yeah, yeah. you know. He was in demand yeah. as an artist in that period. Like he was at his peak. You know, uh, his career, like he he died still at his peak, so it would have been hard for him to justify probably more than he did. But look, I I, I feel bad for giving it only a seven, but I'm but I actually I could be argued to a seven point five because I actually really I dug it, I enjoy it, I there's a lot to like about this, like really, and and I. You know, I am going to give it a seven point five because because there is a lot to love about it. You know, it's very lovable as a, as a read. It's just not perfect, and it could have done. I I think probably the writer and and Moringa were probably a bit too invested and a bit too determined to show everything. And if they'd maybe uncluttered it a bit, that would have been my advice. Uncluttered the story. But but also at the same time, as you say, they're using their own money. It's done through image. Yeah, they're probably like, listen, we've got to we've got to try and get this done in like yeah, twelve issues, or you know, or we've got to try and get as much done because we don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, uh, how far it's going to go. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. It's like when you do that. It's like when you do that really one good season mm. because you're trying to you know because you don't know if you're going to get renewed for a second, and then you do, and then you're like, oh crap, what do we do now? Because we've kind of you know burnt a lot of the good ideas we've really got to yeah you know true. we've really got to like come up with something now so yeah it's a, it's a double-edged sword where yes in a perfect world you go oh yeah you should pace it out but at the same time as i said you just don't know that they were probably like look we don't know how long we've got 
Exactly. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, this could be cancelled next month. You know, yeah, 100%. Like, or, so, you know, it's it's a tough call. Hindsight's twenty twenty, which is always beautiful. It is. Now, what are you giving? I'm giving it 7.5. What are you giving it? It's an 8. It's an 8 out of 10, but that 8 is purely like Waringo. But it's an 8 because I actually do like the concept. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, I, I, I didn't realize you, you weren't as ahead of me, so I, I apologize if I, if I spoiled. No, no, no. It's all good, man. No, 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 um, yeah. You know, but I, I thought that was a nice little twist as well. Mm. Mm, where yeah. you're thinking it's like, oh, this is this fantasy thing. And then it clicked for me because remember I was complaining to you. I was like, oh, it's really weird that like some of the characters say dude. Yes. And that it's it's it feels a bit I did say to you, I, I said to you, it feels a bit childish. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, no, no, but now it makes sense that this is a boy's dream. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's dreaming this world, he's dreaming these characters, and so of course that some of the characters like the dragons, who the one dragon who says "dude" all the time. Yeah, the stone like, dragon. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Now I'm like, okay, it makes a bit more sense now. Yeah. No, it's cool. You know I, I mean? Look, I um, dig it, man. It's, it's, it's high fantasy, and and it's it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's quite whimsical, really. Um, but I dug it, man. I I really it the the artwork breathed a lot of life into into. Sometimes I find comics, it can be a bit sterile at times. Like there's a lot of mm. comics where they just kind of, they're, they're obviously rushing and I don't buy into it as much as I used to, but I really bought into this. I, I, I The world felt like a living thing to me because it was so well realised in terms of the artwork. Oh, I, I, I love like Michael Ringo so much that I actually bought the, um, they had a series of, of stuff called Modern Masters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought his one, Modern Modern Masters Volume Nine, Mike mm-hmm. Ringo, which is basically just, um, you know, the life, his career, yeah, his early art, and and all that sort of stuff. Because um, they did it for quite a few people. I, I got a couple of them, mm. uh, but uh, Mike Ringo was the first one. He's one of the best, I, I man. He's one of the best. Yeah. We, we we did. Um... I, bought, I bought the I bought the Kevin Maguire one as well. Cool, uh, and the Bruce Tim one actually. Um, well, they're all great, yeah. and like yeah, we did. No, I, I love Michael Ringo on flashbacks. We did Michael Ringo's flash run, so that was included mm. in, and it was good as well, really good. Um, oh, but, I love yeah. this. I mean, the Fantastic Four stuff, like the stories with the Wade, were you know they were good, mm. but uh, God, I loved his Fantastic Four was just oh, yeah. the way he did the thing. Yeah, and oh, I just I love him doing. It. I, I just I don't know. I love him doing fantasy. I love him doing superheroes. He was you very know, talented. Oh, he, he was very talented. He, done a, he, he did a really good Superman as well. Like, his Superman hmm, um, definitely. is massively underrated when he drew Superman. Um, oh, you should check out, if you go online, right, mm. put in Michael Ringo Punisher. Yeah. Um, he didn't. He never, ever worked on the Punisher, but he's done a lot of, like, you know, people paying for commission and yes. stuff and all that. You have to what you have to look at his, his Punisher. It's I'm looking so, at it right now. Oh, you, let, you would love it. Let me just say it. Um, yeah, that's a cool Punisher. That's for sure. That's an excellent Punisher. Classic. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and yeah, um, I want to type in his Superman as well. Smaller. What suit? What Superman did he do? I don't even know what Superman he did. He did a bit of cover and all that, and there was, um, I think, um, it's a classic Superman. He did a couple. Um, I think he did work on the City of Tomorrow and all that. The. Mm. City of Tomorrow, what was it called? Um, well, if he did this, Superman, I'm looking at it, it's beautiful. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's classic. It's the one with him standing in this, like, hovering in the sky with his arms folded. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, yes, that that's one of the ones I'm looking at, and the other one was it was Clark with his um glasses on, but he's pulling the shirt away to reveal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. I mean, it's classic. You know, it's it, you can't go past it. It's like it's it's kind of like a more modern version of like when you look at Kurt Swan, you, you can't even criticize your Superman. It's perfect, you know? And when Mike when I look at Mike Ringo Superman then I'm like, it's just so on type and perfect, you know? Um but he was, was a great artist. There was just something that was also that was just so fun. Yes. About about Mike Ringo's art. He had know? a lighter like, touch. He had a lighter touch than yeah. I think a lot of the other guys and um you know, and I respond to it, and you know me, I like all my dark and edgy stuff. But I, no, I, I very much respond to his artwork. And in this storyline that we did, this Telos thing, he really he revels in the lightness of it and the whimsical nature and the madcap adventure of it all. Like he, he really, you know, he he buys into it, and I love it. Like it's it 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 it, it makes the book soar, despite the fact that it's it's got some other sort of limitations, but. Regardless of that, the book saw is just based on the visuals. Well, Rich, that brings us to the end of this show. I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to say after a 47-hour show. Have you got anything else left in the tank? Jesus, we're, we're, we're losing our touch. We're <laughs> now, I've got an announcement um, for next week's I've Decided What I Want to Do, Rich. You did put a suggestion at lunch, which was a good suggestion, but we're going to do Crush and Lobo. Uh, oh. series, yeah, exactly, Rich. And um, and See, I try and do a good deed. I try and recommend something. Yeah, no, I've put no, but I've put your recommendation, which is Legend of Hawkman, onto my iPad, and it will be one of ours in the near future. But I realise that next week I'm going to be on the train a lot, back and forth from work, because I'm going to be in work four days next week, and that'll give me plenty of time to do my reading for the show. So we'll be crushing Lobo. We'll probably only do those two weekly comics that I mentioned just to keep it a bit lighter. Um, but, yeah, it's a crush on Lobo, so it's... Um, fucking killing me, Dave. You're going to love it, man. You might love it, Rich. You don't know. I don't mind Crush, dude. I don't mind her. I don't know where you... You'd like the first two fucking issues for it, man, with the for the weekly comics. It was awful. Well, you still got to finish off you the track. Might, you know what? You might literally be the worst boss I've ever technically worked with. I'm actually putting it right now. You might actually be in in my all my years of working with with people. You might actually be the worst. No, I'm not, Richard. Don't say that. You know, come on. I'll get you. I'll give you. No, you purposely. You literally purposely pick shit that you know I'm going to hate. There's no ways you cannot tell me that they didn't enter your mind. You might. Enjoy it. I always live in hope, Richard. You never know. It uh, might. It might generate. I didn't mind the first two issues. I thought they were all right. Like, uh, you, know, you just love annoying me with it. Oh well. I do. Shit. I do enjoy annoying you a little bit. That is true. Now, um, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners. Yeah, please follow us on uh, the Facebook page, the Signal and Doom Facebook page. If you can contribute on the Patreon, it is much appreciated. Um, so we can get more content on there. Um, I would love to do more on the Patreon, so please, uh, it is patreon.com slash Signal of Doom, and that really helps. We've got Dread or Dead coming up. Um, myself and Adam are going to be doing a flashbacks very shortly. We're going to do the Morrison and Miller flash run. Um, that's going to be the next flashbacks, and there's a new Dread or Dead that's, that we're about to do. So Dread or Dead and flashbacks are coming in the very near future. Uh, probably in the next two to three weeks because I've got a very busy week next week, so it won't be next week. But, um, 
Rich, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, you're number one, man. You're the number one employee, so you shouldn't bring yourself down too much. And you know what, Rich, you've you've just you've just you've I've heard your complaints, and you know what, I'm going to give you a free lunch. I'm going to I'm going to shout you to lunch next time. We not part of any bets or anything, just on my own dime. I'm going to give you a thank you. Lunch. Look at that! Look at that! You you are so committed to 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 making me read shit that instead of you changing your mind, no. you'll be like, no, I'll pay money to buy you a lunch just so that you can still suffer. Yes, indeed. Well, that's how I that's how I run that's how I run a business, Rich. You know that. And um, I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day, Rich. And Caesar had to command the troops. And you know, not every troop wanted to go to Gaul to fight the barbarians, but we had to go. We I, had to I'd those much battles. rather go do that than fucking read this shit. <laughs> Oh fuck! I'll, I'd rather I'd rather storm the beaches of Normandy. Wow! Against the German uh, attack against the German. Uh, what was it yeah, called? Man, I'll run straight at I'll straight I'll run straight at one of those bloody Gatling gun shit, man. Seriously. Is, wow, wait, that's dark, man. I like it. But uh, anyway, on that note, on that on that on that positive note of Richard running at Gatling guns, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. That was, you were in for, my friend.